Hey there, I'm Kay Bess, and I play Persephone Brimstone in Agents of Mayhem. You're listening to the Horribly Awkward Podcast. You are. That was, that was kind of awkward. Hey guys, this is Kritzia Bajos, and I'm here with Sean on the Horribly Awkward Podcast. He's not that awkward. This is Michael Ray Bauer. I'm a 90s star, but basically I'm a star. And you're listening to the Horribly Awkward Podcast. And it's actually pretty horribly awkward. Hey, this is Hannah Tell, the voice of Max in Life is Strange. And you're listening to the Horribly Awkward Podcast. It's so awkward. Guys, guys, guys. I know you like video game reviews. I got Jeremy here from ACG. Jeremy, what is up, dude? Wait. Sorry, what's going on? Now- what's go- yeah, <laughs> podcast, man. We're podcasting, dude. I'm confused now. Now we're doing an, we're doing the opening where I because I already said what I do. Yeah, that yeah, we're doing the opening, man. Well, hello, everybody. This is the best improv skit ever. <laughs> I told you to play the guy the guy who doesn't know oh. anything. I didn't know you're really gonna go for it, yeah, man. No. <clears throat> so what's going on? <laughs> anyway, yes. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> oh, guys, we're t- I'm talking to Jeremy this week. He is a, a game reviewer. Uh, he, he reviews video games, so we're talking about video games. A lot of video game yeah. talk. We're talking about how amazing Life is Strange is, and we're talking about how amazing Bioshock is. Uh, what else did we talk about, Jeremy? Oh, Jesus, we talked about everything. We talked about the perfection of Alakine's gun. And <laughs> yeah, how so it's bad a game everybody should run out and buy. <laughs> <laughs> and we talked about Nintendo. We talked about Xbox X. Talked about PS4. We talked about pretty much the industry as a whole, and I probably insulted almost everybody who's listening. Yeah. So if you guys get ready for some insults, uh, Jeremy hates everybody, including all <laughs> you listeners. And welcome to the podcast. It's awesome. All right. Last thing is, you just gotta with some excitement to say, eh, wait, say, hey, Norma, give us a horribly awkward. You say, okay, wait. <laughs> Sorry, what? Hey, say, I, hey, Nor- hey, Norma, give us that. Yeah. Say, hey, hey, Norma. Give us a horribly awkward. And the, the, the beginning of the podcast starts with her voice saying, horribly awkward. So just yell it? Yeah, like it, yeah, yeah, like you're announcing, like, hey, Norma, give us a horribly awkward. Well, you don't have to get that crazy. You, you, <laughs> <laughs> you ready? Yeah. Hey, Norma, give us a horribly awkward. Horribly awkward. Horribly awkward. That's horrible. <laughs> I can't even control myself. So horribly awkward. 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 Sean, dude, you're horribly awkward. Sean, I know you think this is weird, but it's not as weird as you think it is, dude. Don't think that it's awkward. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Horribly Awkward, episode 112. I'm Sean. And with me today is uh, Jeremy Pincer. He is a.k.a. Carrick from the ACG Video Game Reviews, podcaster, he's a vlogger. Uh, he does the international podcast. He has a ton of uh, episodes of that under his belt. And, dude, Jeremy, I got to say, man, you have 271 game reviews. I just looked this up, which nets you at 402,000 followers on YouTube. Yes, indeed. Dude, everybody welcome Jeremy Panzer to the podcast. And thanks everybody who subscribed and basically made the worst decision of your life. (laughs) Dude, that's that is a complete lie, dude. You're you're um I have to say, 
in my opinion, you're one of the best reviewers out right now. Oh, well, thank you, man. Because uh, you really, I mean, if, if a lot of people listen to this, like, I have a lot of gamers, and I'm going to uh, post this in the Horrible Gamers video um, group, too, have them check it out. But anybody who looks for reviews, which is most of us gamers who are really in, in into gaming a lot, will find your reviews and your views are awesome because you really dig into it. I mean, you, it's not, I mean, IGN does great reviews, but they're like three minutes long. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's like, it's like, and they don't even describe like a lot of the times they don't describe the gameplay. I mean, I watched a couple of reviews. I watched a review of theirs on, um, uh, what's that new Nintendo game? The big open world game that just came out. Xeno Xenoblade. <laughs> yeah. Xenoblade. And I really had no idea the gameplay of it. I mean, they really kind right. of skipped over. It was more like, it was went over a little bit, but I was just like, "Come on, guys!" <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy. What uh, I, I mean, the way things are right now, what some people would be okay with as a review. It's just not me. I mean, it's it's good for some people, right? Some people use quick looks too. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not hating on IGN. I do watch IGN reviews. I know. Sometimes I want I want my reviews under five minutes, but sometimes I want people to explain what the fuck the game is actually about and dig into it. And that's you, dude. That's Carrick from ACG. What is ACG? Uh, it was for? actually it, it was a role playing name. It was Angry Centaur Gaming of all things. Okay, and and that's what I used to be called. It was uh, a, a roommate called me that, and then it became our rock band name. So it was like every rock band we ever played, we were always you know Angry Centaur Gaming or Angry Centaur Roommate. And then I created the channel with no plans of doing reviews or or anything like this. And so that was the channel name. And then I just switched it to ACG after a while because I think people assume angry means. When I get mad, you can tell. So, like I did a take two uh, uh, micro transaction loot crate video, you can obviously tell when I get angry. That's not really what the channel's about. So, I had to sort of figure out a way to condense it. And ACG works. People seem to like it. So, oh, I was, I'm going to be ACG as well. I'm going to be the Assassin's Creed guy because I just finished Origins. That game was fucking badass, dude. Badass. Yeah. So, I mean, um, I, I know, man. I mean, digging into it, I mean, I want to dig into how you do reviews because when I think about, I mean, I work a 40 hour job and then I play gaming. That's my hobby. So I, I obviously, I could not like do reviews. I don't even have enough time. It took me three weeks to finish Assassin's Creed and that's playing it a lot. Uh, but I mean, so when you, when you, when you're doing reviews, uh, I mean, how many do you get, do you ever get swamped with reviews all at once? Cause I know some days you'll have like two or three, you'll put out one day. Yeah, well, what's nice is that's just people get confused about that all the time. That's just the embargo date. So, like, okay. for example, I've had a, I've had games up to three. I've done videos on this because it has confused gamers so much. But I've had video or video games for three weeks before before their embargo. And then some you'll get a couple days. And so there, honestly, what happened to me was, thankfully, I was laid off because I would not. I was noticing on an old channel I had, I was getting some good views, but I was working like you and I'm a workaholic. I mean, guarantee like anybody that you would ever talk to would say that is certainly what I am. And I would never have done YouTube. I not full time at least. And I got laid off and I was just talking to my wife and I was like, you know what? I paid for she went to school and I paid the bills at that time. And I was like, do you think we could reverse it and let me try YouTube? Because I was like, I think I can, you know, make somewhat of a go in, in some way. And she was like, yeah, sure. And um that might be why my reviews are the way they are, because not only do I, I, I study game development, I've got a little bit of experience in it, but additionally, I play those games like you do. So the easiest way to describe it would be, I don't go into it and go, I am a reviewer and my name is ACG and this <laughs> is 
I don't do that at all. I'm very reactionary. I play in, in fact, I, I try not to do that. I play it as I would if you and I were sitting down to play a game. And then what happens is I also try to experience the other stuff so I can tell people about what's going on. But for me, I got into reviews because holy shit, man, I was watching reviews and you hit the nail on the head where I had no clue at the end of the review, what was actually what the game was. And additionally, uh, quick looks were becoming a thing and quick looks did not work for me because of the number of front uh, front loaded games. And what front loading means is when a developer knows they don't have a ton of content, so they will front load the starting mafia three is a perfect example. And so they'll front load the content. So quick looks will go, this is great. This game's great. First two hours are amazing. And then all of a sudden, no more cutscenes. All of a sudden, no more story. All of a sudden, uh. you know, everybody switches to text instead of voice. And it, it's a developer trick. And you, developers will tell you they do that, too. I mean, it's not it's not like it's just nefarious. It just sometimes happens. Yeah. And and so to me, what I do is I play like a normal person would play. And that way I can sort of tell people what it's like to experience it. And also, I, I love games, dude. Like, I, I love them. I, I don't know another way to describe the word that I, or the feeling that I have, but that's why it's easy for me. Cause I don't get burned out ever. Yeah, I know. Especially right now, because right now it's like these, these f- fucking game changer of games, right? It's just like one after another great games right now. Like right now is the time to be a gamer. Yeah. This, I mean, 2017 itself has been for me has been my favorite year of gaming i've I've just found so many great games one after another from january to now it's been like a non-stop i had no time i had no time to say okay i have i have no games to play right now i'm just gonna surf netflix for a bit it was like it was just like great game after great game after great game i mean near automata 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 that's i mean that's that might that's one of my like that's probably in my top five games of all time because of what they did with the story and after you play it multiple times. Yeah. I mean, I mean that that changed the way I looked at that, – that's going to change the way I look at game development and creativity in games from now on. Just something like that. That was, that was fucking incredible. And I believe uh, – I believe I, – I – I believe I watched your review, which which kind of got me into it. There was two reviews I watched, I believe. Uh, I watched two like longer reviews. Uh, you did you did it right near Auto- yeah. Autom. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'm yep. pretty sure. Okay, there was it was that one. There was another guy who was like it was the title of it was just called a uh, near uh, Automata, a masterpiece or something like oh, that. Gotcha. So I started listening, <laughs> watching him, and I was like, oh shit, I, I have to play this game. Yeah, and and then it all made sense, man. And I feel bad for the people who don't play it through three times; they're not going to get that experience. And I and a lot of people ask me because I constantly bring it up on how how much I love that game, and I'm like. um you got to play it. You got to play it through three times or else you're just going to get this kind of okay story. <laughs> well, and, and that speaks back to, you know, so like Total Biscuit, after I, I got to meet him, he came on the podcast, all this stuff. And I had always questioned his WTF videos. And what I mean by questioning him was I could never really understand where he was coming from because I was like, there sh- that he doesn't experience the game for a long period of time. I went on his podcast and he was joking about like, I've played a bunch and beat him. He played, he's played even more. But he hasn't beat him. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, he only plays like an hour or two. And I'm all, but what about a near? Uh, like, what about a game like that? How do you discuss the end mechanics? And then, it, you know, after talking to him, he's like, well, I just try to make sure people know that I th- this is not a reflection of the entire game. 
it's it is just the reflection of that first hour or two. And it's funny because I think a near I saw reviews by people who obviously, obviously did not beat that game because they were talking about the ending. And I'm like, you didn't you either didn't beat it or you turned it off and you didn't realize that you have to like that. That first cycle is only like five or six hours long. And they they weren't discussing it and they weren't talking about it. And that to me is probably one of the biggest disasters of this year is where people aren't playing something, you know, to the point to where they can talk about the end mechanics like a near because mm-hmm. that game, that game, unless you beat it three times, like you said, or two or three times, you were going to be so confused by, well, and you're going to be confused why we're talking about it. You know what I mean? Like, that's one of the things that's funny is like if you and I sat down and we were talking about it, and somebody walked up to us and heard us and they had only played it through one time. They'd be like, why do you guys like I don't I don't even understand what you're talking about, because that game is set up in a certain way uh, and, and for a certain type of experience. And it saddens me because I know a lot of people, a lot of my friends were like, oh, yeah, I just beat it the one time. And I'm all, oh, Christ. Oh, shit. You missed out. Yeah. 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 You missed out on the game. Like yeah. the actual game is set up that way. So. Do you yeah, think it's, it's kind of a, a Trump move, though, for the developers, like to expect gamers to understand they have to play through? I know when you get to the end, it's like you need to play this through multiple times to see the endings, but not a lot of people understand. They go, "Well, I got to play it again." It's like, no, you play it again. I mean, right uh, I that, don't know if I would use the word chump. I would use the word risky. Risky, risky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say that they took it and they did well, so it paid off. But do you know why it paid off? Because of reviews that did play through it multiple times. Yeah. Because yeah. The, the number of people, even in the development staff that I got emails from, who was like, thank you for playing. Like this other, they only played it once. They were like, this is a terrible game, blah, 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 or isn't fun. They're like, thanks for playing all the way through. And even I had said in a podcast, I was like, it certainly is risky as hell to do that. It's risky whenever you take a chance where there's a gap in data. For the game, and, and that's where I think reviewers, what we're supposed to do, I'm supposed to summarize my experience where you can see my score and say, okay, I know how he got to his score. I almost don't even care if you care about the score, as long as you understand the game mechanics and what I was explaining and how I interacted with them. But with Nier, they jumped in and they were like, we're going to sort of shortchange all that because obviously they had to know quick look people are not going to play all the way through it. And it was it was sort of ballsy to be honest, and it paid off. I don't think it would pay off for everybody. I, so I wouldn't tell other developers, "Hey, really good idea would be to fucking make people play through it three times." I, I'm sure you're familiar with with Giant Bomb, right? Podcast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, not the I'll, podcast, but the, I know Giant Bomb. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they also do podcasts, and I, I'm listening to them, and those guys are still slowly making their way through near. Like they're like, "All right, I'm, I'm on my second playthrough, on my third <laughs> playthrough." I mean, still like now they're like, "I feel like I need to do this before the end of the for game of the year discussions." Right. And I'm like, guys, just play it. It's, ah. yeah. But I mean, it's another one. It's like, I, I don't understand how you guys do it, man. It's like, you guys have all these games. Just To, to me, I, I get to pick and choose which ones. But you're like, okay, I want to play them all, man. If, especially if I'm going to get them and, and I'm able to, pl- to play them and put that information out. Man, I'm so jealous, dude. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, the, the thing for me is every job I've had prior to this one was scheduling or something involving scheduling. So for me, it's been pretty easy because what I do is I just don't accept games. First of all, I buy every game I review. So if a developer gives me a code, I instantly go to Steam or wherever and I buy a copy to give away to patrons because I believe that it does, at least for me a little bit, make me go, okay, my 60 bucks was still spent. Sure, I might be playing it two days before everybody else, but I've still spent money on it. So every single game I buy, 
uh, that I review, well, that costs me a ton of money. So I can't do every game, obviously. You know, there's times where I don't have a ton of money and I'm like, okay, I'm, I can't review a game right now because I don't have enough to buy this or, oh, or what wow. have you. So there, that's why I have the patron actually was because I am, I think I'm one of the only ones who does it and anybody else can do it if they want. I just, for me personally, felt that it made more sense that I still spent some money. Sure, I get the code early, but I'm still spending 60 bucks for the game so I can tell you how did I feel. And I think one of the reasons why is because, dude, how often have we got something for free or for cheaper and they're humans don't really work very well in that element and they start to not really assume any value of whatever it is. And there, I, I think that there's a, a weird dichotomy to it that can come up. And additionally, I don't like the idea that anybody can ever say that I was paid off. So I'm like, nope, I'm buying every game. You can't, I won't do sponsored videos and I won't, I won't take a game that I, that I, that I haven't bought. And so what happens for me, the reason why I'm doing a lot sometimes and not a lot is one is money and two is scheduling. I schedule everything out, everything. So for example, I have two reviews right now and I know down to about the hour, how long it'll take for me to beat the game. And then I give it a plus or five plus or minus five hours. And then I know how long it'll take me or I use a remote editing service now sometimes mm -hmm. how long it'll take them, how long it'll take them to edit it. And so for me, it's all about scheduling. Some people get you know, bound up and they get too many games or they don't get enough. I usually am very careful with what I accept. I mean, like last week, I think I turned down like six games because I had walking the water. Uh, sorry, wa the walking dead collection, which is um, a bunch of telltale games all packaged up. And of course, you don't need to beat that to review it if you've already beat them. But um, it's all 19 games in one disc. And so I was like, well, I want to experience that. How long will it take? Wow. So I think I think somebody like you who's just playing games. Yeah, it's it's not. It depends on the reviewer, but I I just don't think it's that much different. And I think that the honest truth is, and I've said this before, I said it on Total Business Podcast. There's few things in this world that matter less than a video game review. And I mean that. I mean, holy shit. If you look at the world, I really don't think anybody could say, man, if Carrot goes away, I'm going to kill myself. No, no one's going to give a shit. They're going to move right on. Yeah, video game reviews are there is there they are so they matter so little in the in the scheme of things. So to me, I play the games like that where I'm like, okay, I'm just going to tell people I don't get the stress of like, okay, you know, I've got to do this and that. I just sort of tell you like if you and I sat down. Yeah, and I, I, that's what I really like about your reviews, man. They're usually like 15 minutes long, and you just you just you're so good with words, dude. I'm also jealous about that. Thanks. <laughs> You know, it's yeah, alliteration it, it, and uh, it's alliteration and being a fucking I mean, I mean, this is that's what my jobs were prior to this. We're all talking. Oh, really? Oh, it's yeah. Dude, yeah. You're, you're good at it. Dude. You're, you're it's that's awesome, man. I, I, I'm honestly jealous. I'm not like, hey, dude, you're on the podcast. Dude, I'm jealous, man. I'm going to work you up, make you feel good. No, I mean, like I'm, when I listen when I listen to your reviews, I'm actually jealous of the words and the patterns of words that you use to describe your games. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. I don't know how to take that. Uh, it, it is funny because I will hear somebody say that. And I'll, 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 so here's me. Like, I'm jealous of, let's say, Mr. Maddie. So Mr. Maddie's on my podcast. He might be the one that you watch the near review of, by the way, because I'm pretty sure that's what he titled his. But Mr. Maddie just sits back and he's like, sup, here's the game, blah, blah, blah. Right. And he just sort of talks and he's more casual about it. And he's more I don't even know what the term would be. It's almost like childlike. And I don't mean that in a bad way because he's one of my best friends. I mean it in like 
the fascination, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, and, um, mine's more, I know what I need to deliver in this amount of time and I want to deliver this. And, uh, I would assume mine takes a little longer. Luckily I don't write scripts, so it doesn't take as long as, as people would assume, but sometimes your brain dies, dude. I don't know any other way to describe it. It, it, I just took a vacation first time ever in my life. I took my first vacation. And the reason why is because my brain just refused. It was like, we're done. <laughs> and I couldn't, I couldn't even stream words together, man. I was in, I mean, I was with friends and I'm like, I can't talk. You know, either I have some kind of brain disease and I need to go get <laughs> checked out or I'm, you know, like I've said too much. I, I've, I've said it and, and it was weird. I took the vacation. I came back and I'm like, oh yeah, that's, that's definitely what it was. So I appreciate it, but I think we all have skills too. I mean, there are so many people, like I'm telling you when total biscuit came on, I've had some issues with some of the stuff he's done in the past. Uh, like he turned off his YouTube comments. I don't know if you remember that, but he's like, I'm turning them. You can't comment on my videos. And I was pretty derogatory about it. I was like, what the fuck? You know, this is, this is not what you should be doing. Like I, I didn't agree with it. And then when I sat and talked to him, that guy is somebody that like, at least I know there's other things people don't like about him, but where he was coming from about some of the social elements in, in gaming, like he had some really good advice. I mean, he, he, I would say he sort of steered me right here in the last like year or two, uh, when it comes to working, you know, and, and how to go about it. So I'm jealous of those guys. I mean, there's a lot of really good YouTubers out there. There's some shit ones, but uh, you know, there's some there's some impressive people. Yeah, it's probably because fucking the comments on YouTube are always like super toxic, <laughs> constantly, right? Why why do people love to get toxic in uh, on social media? I don't understand why. Uh, yeah, just, I've always been kind of mostly a positive guy. I want to I want to be friends with everybody before I like I want to talk shit and be enemies and 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 just be a fucking asshole, right? I, like I, I like I like to make connections and be cool with people. And some people just like to go out there and just throw acid all over everything, man. I don't understand yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they do. Uh, we have, I mean, e even, e even, uh, one of the dreamcast guy TV, a couple other guys who've come on the podcast have been like, man, what, how are your chat comments? So positive. How are your YouTube comments? So positive. And I'm like, I'm just waiting. We've been lucky. Um, and, and it, I mean, the discord is really good. We have a discord for patron and that's been super positive. I mean, occasionally get the jackass, but to me, if you have a good community and, and you have to spend a lot of man, I will admit I, there's a lot of time where I have to like go in and sort of recorrect where a conversation's going or be like, no, this is the way this is what I meant or whatever. But if you watch your comments and you comment back, which is what I do, I comment on every video and that I think helps to sort of steer people to go. Cause sometimes let's be honest, sometimes people are jackasses because they want to be right. We, yeah. we know those people. But there are also people that feel legitimately burned and all they're doing is protecting themselves from a future issue. And I, I, to exp I can't even describe to you how much I, I completely see their point. And so sometimes they'll be like, oh, you're, you're okay with this kind of monetization or not this one. And I'll usually go in there and I'll pop off and say, no, this is what I'm – because a lot of times if you can steer those people right – I'm going to tell you right now, five of my biggest patrons – and five people who I would trust with my life are the biggest trolls that existed on my channel. <laughs> Without a doubt. No lie. I mean, app, they will admit it. They were just jackasses. And I just continually chipped away and was like, seriously, why? Why are you like, what's your problem? And over time, it, it, you just sort of and I'm not saying every one of them. I'm sure there's some trolls that, you know, we've gone back and forth and they've left. 
but it, we were just talking about it in the Discord a couple of days ago. <laughs> One of them was like, dude, remember when I was calling you names and blah, blah, blah. He's like, I'm so sorry. He's all, And he's like, I don't even know why I did it, which is sort of what you were saying. It's like some people just want to throw acid on it, but they don't even know why, right? They're yeah. just, they, they just, it's anonymous, I think, is one, because you're anonymous. And additionally, I think people want to be heard. It, that's the honest truth. I do. I think people want to be heard because a lot of times you'll get somebody calling you a name, which is one thing. But sometimes if you really look at their comment, you're like, oh, this person, I see they're actually asking this other question. It's just that they're so fed up with whatever may be occurring, whether it be microtransactions or even YouTubers. Uh, the big thing was remember when those two YouTubers got in trouble for selling Steam skins or whatever. And um, I, I noticed a lot of negativity right then where there's a lot of questions about who, who got paid for what. And it made sense. Like the questions were timely, I guess. Uh, I always imagine like two 14 year olds sitting at the computer like, <laughs> hey, hey, man, hey, um, see this guy? That hey, too. you, you must get games for free since you review them. Uh, fuck your mom. Yeah. Like, whoa, like what? Yeah, it's, I mean, it, it, it's funny because I do, I guess I do. I am lucky. If, if there's anything you should be jealous about, it shouldn't be about me putting two words together. It should be the fact that I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty lucky when it comes to my community. Yeah. And uh, when I started the channel, one thing I did is I, I, and I have to say, I was pretty upset by this. When I started the channel, I made integrity rules. And the reason why I did wasn't because I thought I was better. It's because I wanted to have a little set of rules that I could sort of bounce off of. Whenever somebody asked me something like, um, do you want to cover this game? I could go to those rules and go, okay, I won't do this. I won't do this, blah, blah, blah. A couple, about a year ago, I saw somebody say, I'm making my integrity rules. And this is a channel that's got like multiple millions of people and they didn't have them up until that point. So I don't get many of the conversations like you must be paid because even in my description, it states that I buy every game. Um, so like I try to I pepper the conversation with those kind of things, if that makes sense. So I, a lot of those conversations get killed prior to them getting, I think, posted where somebody maybe looks at the description and goes, oh, he buys the game and gives it to patrons. So I can't say that or I'll be, stu you know, I'll look stupid. And so they don't post, I guess that's just me guessing, but <laughs> I've done a lot to sort of pepper the conversation so that you sh sort of shut off some of those complaints. Yeah, that's cool, man. I noticed on, on your your Twitter, you're you're pretty active. You know, you yeah. You'll just post some. Hey guys, I reviewed a game today. I watched a kick ass movie. What are you doing? You know, oh yeah, I'm watching Ozark. Ozark kicks ass. What's up, guys? And then people will comment on your stuff, and you're you're pretty uh, you know, you're you're in there. You're you're uh, you're in the mix of things. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of celebrities. You could say whatever nice thing you want to them, and unless you have a blue check mark, you're not going to get a response. Oh, gotcha. That's the verified thing, right? Yeah, verify. Once you, I mean, if you're verified, you'll get a response. But if you're not verified, they don't give a fuck about your comment, right? That's just that's just the way it is. So a lot of people like, well, like, I watched this show. This is great. Oh, I like this content. It's great. No responses. You know, you get onto yours, and you're responsive, man. It's like you feel like you're in a community. It's it. Yeah, it's cool, man. I I enjoy people who who stay in the mix like that. Cause I know it's not, it's not easy a lot. You know, you might put a comment out there and just gets tons of response and you're like, all right, you gotta, you gotta stay in there and follow those, uh, re right. replies and all that. But, and that's awesome, man. Kudos to you. Thanks. It's, uh, it, it's one of the reasons why I invite other YouTubers on all the time too, because I, for, I, I mean, some people will pretend they're the only voice or reason they'll be like, 
you should only listen to me. And I'll be like, fuck you, man. That's the <laughs> stupidest thing to say in the world. I mean, that that is almost a mental illness at that point. It's instead, everybody has their different opinions. You and I could sit down and talk about Nier. For example, you and I could sit down and talk about Nier for eight hours. And I bet you a million dollars we would have tons of reasons why we both liked it and different reasons why we both liked it and different reasons why we disliked some elements. And that's what, to me, YouTube was about. So when I started, I got Mr. Maddie skilled. He doesn't, he's, he doesn't do YouTube anymore. Uh, Dreamcast guy, all the people that I felt were like trying to further community and trying to further the discussion about games. I don't mean they can't be critiqued the fuck out of things because they do. But I mean, where they sort of understood that it's better to sort of exist together than to die by yourself. And yes. that's, and yeah. that's exactly what YouTube, I am so freaking happy right now in many ways because I have really cool support systems, whether it be Mr. Maddie, who's just fantastic lone vault wanderer. Some of these guys who have smaller, Mr. Maddie's got 400,000 almost subscribers, all these guys who, whether we agree on something or not, it, they, they're like, they, they have your back, man. And they're, they, sort of understand that as a community, you're going to grow better. You can bounce content off each other. You can sort of ask them questions and you'll get a lot of people who think they're the end all be all and they're not. And we, we get it with, you know, check marks. Oh, the only person I'm going to respond to in Twitter is check marks. Bullshit. And like that doesn't, to me, that doesn't make any sense. I'm going to respond. If somebody asks me a question, I'm going to try to respond because you know what? They're watching the video. So why wouldn't I? Like, why wouldn't I, it makes no sense. You do see it though. You see where somebody won't respond and it makes no sense. It none. It, in fact, I think it's, it, it really removes one of the best parts of YouTube, which is, and the best parts of anything, by the way, any video, any Twitter, any social media is the, con, con, the discussion back and forth. I'm going to tell you right now, my friends think I'm funny, but I will tell you, I have never laughed so hard as going into the discord and hearing those guys talk about pancakes or or go into the YouTube and I'll be like, what did you guys think in some video? And I will read their responses. I'm telling you, man, I will be like my gut will be hurting because their responses and they're not negative. Right. Where it's not like eh, you're gay. It's <laughs> it's it's a real conversation and a one liner that will fucking tear. I mean, it almost terrifies me. It's so funny. And and that to me is is what matters. It's the best part about gaming, man. I mean. Why wouldn't you want a bunch of people all sort of talking about what you like and dislike? The, the more you remove people, the more the conversation becomes an echo chamber. And I think the more dangerous it can get. And the more you can, if somebody else is okay with something and you don't sort of go, dude, you probably shouldn't do that, then they may continue to do it. I've had friends who've contacted me on YouTube and been like, hey, somebody offered me $5,000 to cover a game. Do you think I should? And I have to say, I'm super proud that they got a hold of me. I mean, that to me is like one of the biggest parts is the friendships that you can get. Wow. Yeah, man. Fucking it. Video games are, I don't know, it's weird because a lot of people look at gaming like, oh, you're just a gamer. Oh, you just play video games? That's what you do? Oh, it's like, what do you do? You just watch Netflix? Like, what's what's the difference? <laughs> I mean, it's like gaming is, I feel like it's, it's such an important thing in our like social I mean, my social circle, circle right now, it's mostly gamers, like most of the people. Right. I mean, when I first started podcasting uh, three years ago, I started the Horrible Gamers podcast. I mean, I had social anxiety. I was I was terrified of getting on Skype with these guys that I kind of met in this other group, uh, friends of mine from uh, This Xbox Life, another podcast. I met, I met guys in there. Um, 
in their Facebook group and we kind of grouped together and we started playing games together. Like, hey, you know, we could we like to talk video games. Let's start a podcast. So we started this podcast that was a piece of shit in the beginning uh we didn't know what we were doing none of us had confidence it sounded like shit we had no intro music no outro music we did no editing it was just like we pushed record and went but we had a a blast it was fun and then you know later down the road that eventually uh it it eventually developed all right for me it became a thing where i want to talk to a lot of people about a lot of different things so i'm going to start to set their podcast which is this horribly awkward it's not very horribly awkward it used to be because i used to do improv skits Uh um but it's it's just like and gaming is still in here i know some people listen maybe maybe not maybe they're not a gamer but it's like that's what i do i play games dude i fucking love video games I, i i'm always up to date i got the xbox x i got the ps4 pro i don't have a vr well, I will say one thing, man. I so I did a review on the Vive a couple a uh, year ago, whenever it came out. Yeah, and uh, I was I, I'm going to be honest. Uh, you know, for that amount of money, in no way, shape, or form could you have you couldn't have beat me up and and made me say it was worth getting. The there was no way I was going to say that. But I just got my hands on a Samsung Odyssey, which is the new Windows one, and now works with Steam games. And I am telling you, dude, the resolution jump is fucking dramatic like it was the first time where i got excited because i i like the vibe i've played elite i've played um you know a star citizen i messed around with stuff there uh, ever ever space there's a, a bunch of games that are space games that i like that i think work well with vr and i was like yeah it's pretty good but you have to worry about the base stations and shit seeing you and you know where's your wires and i got this samsung a couple days ago and i'm telling you man it I always watch Batman to test them. The reason why is because it's such a dark movie and VR is dark VR because of the way the screens work. It's a little darker than a normal screen. Okay. And I turned this Samsung on and I'm not lying. My brain for a brief second absolutely convinced me I had not put the headset on. That's how clear wow. it was. And I was, and I could still see some, some sub pixels, but barely. And I was playing, um, elite and for the first time in a long time, not only was able to read text in the game, because that's been a big complaint because of the subpar resolution on these headsets, but I was able to read the fake text on some panels that isn't even text. It's just sort of like uh, a TM or, you know, a made by, you know, made, you know, made by Carrick Incorporated where yeah. you're not really supposed to be able to read it. And I was able to actually see definitive little scratch marks there. I was like, it was, and then it tracks itself. It tracks outside in. So it doesn't use anything on the outside to track it track the headset shoots you know invisible lasers out and tells you where you are and so i'm playing star trek uh bridge crew and i'm just like i can do things in this i could never have thought of doing in the vive and to me i think vr's got one more step one more those those improvements are great i think there's a couple things wrong with it but i think we are looking at a point to where you as somebody who wants to be on the forefront you will probably next year that would I I can assume will probably be one of the devices where you're playing your games where you're like okay it's time. So this is a a Samsung Odyssey. Yeah, it's the Windows version. So for the longest time, Rift and Vive were the Steam VR, right? So yeah. Steam VR sort of got its open platform, and then Oculus has its own store, Vive has its own store, but they work with Steam VR. So what happened was Microsoft said we're going to we're going to sort of have an open thing like steam vr but we're going to have our own headsets you can do what you want and here's the weird thing 
because of how they work, their performance is usually better. So I was playing Elite at a higher resolution at more frames than I was with my Vive, which is worse because it works within the Windows environment. And I'm not a big fan of Windows. So anybody who's listening to this is probably like, he just said something about positive about Windows. Oh, my God, because I'm not a big fan of Windows. <laughs> uh, I don't like any OS, really. I mean, they all have their issues. But um, so what you do is you plug it in. And here's another thing. The Vive has its own breakout box. You need to plug like three wires into that. You need to plug them into your PC. Uh, it isn't the best when it comes to USB drivers. It'll fail all the time. And this was two wires. So I got the Samsung. No lie. I got it. And I look at the end and I go, oh, shit, they didn't give me all the pieces. So I'm in my box in the Samsung going, where are, where's the breakout box? Where's all the stuff I need between the VR and my computer? And then it, I look at the instructions and no lie, they're, they're basically like, un, take headset out, plug in HDMI, plug in USB, play. And I was like, no. Nice. And it worked. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? This is the great. It's so nice. You know, I, I, you know what, it, you know what it's like. You get that new hardware and you're all, I got to transfer my save games. I got to do this. You know, there's always those steps with VR. It's 10 times that usually. So it was, it, it was a good positive bit for the last couple of weeks. Cause the last couple of weeks haven't been positive. Yeah. I'm, so I'm looking at it right now on Best Buy. It's 500 bucks. Yeah. It's, I think I got it for three ninety nine. I can't tell you where I'm going to have to go look at where I got it. Um, but what's nice is it, 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 it does all the tracking. It comes with wands. So where some of them sort of hide their prices, this is like, this is what you get. And I would assume they'll drop the price probably spring. It'll probably be $299, $399. Yeah, I've noticed PSVR has dropped down a bunch. I've, I thought about it, but the only issue I think I might have is I have a nearsighted eye and a farsighted eye. So looking at, mm -hmm. I tried the Google cardboard, you know, that cheap ass just sure. cardboard box thing. And dude, it gave me a headache just having yeah. that thing so close to my eye because my eye like distances are different. And when I got yeah. something that close, it's like, ah, headache, headache, pull it off. But I really want to try VR. I think, I don't know. I feel like I'm missing out on something. <laughs> It's it's funny because I'm positive on some elements of, of VR and negative on others. And it the, the the negatives, unfortunately, dude, what you're describing is it's not only not uncommon. I would almost suggest it's more common than being fine with VR when you first put it on. The number of people I have literally sent home from my house is in the hundreds. They'll come over and say, dude, want to play your PSVR? I'll be like, okay, no problem. Here's Skyrim or whatever, right? And they'll turn it on. And I have a friend who is iron stomach, never been seasick, never been motion sick in his life. And he's playing a game and I'm not lying. I'm watching him because he's like, I never get sick. And I'm all, dude, dude, that's like saying you've never been shot. It can happen. Like <laughs> you, you're, you can't, that's not the way we talk about shit. And he's all, no, man, I'm fine. So I give him this controller and no lie. I see there's there's a very particular movement most people who are going to get sick will do in VR. When they move forward, you will see them rock lightly backwards. That is when the ears do not know what the fuck is going on and your your feet start to sort of go in a panic mode. And they're like, oh, crap, I got to figure out where I am. That's usually when sickness occurs. I am telling you, he basically tossed the headset. He was he went from being totally fine to, oh, my God. I'm going to Ralph in like three seconds. We took that headset off and he went home and he was, he was down for probably six hours, which is usually what happens with VR sickness. VR sickness usually comes with a headache and it usually doesn't go away like motion sickness. You know, oh. some people, yeah, it's, it's bad. So you know what we do, dude, we bought boning, which is the motion sickness tablet. 
And so whenever anybody comes over, I usually ask them if they're okay with taking one. And that's been a, a godsend is giving them, giving them a motion sickness tablet about 20 minutes before I give them the headset. <laughs> oh, that's, that's smart, man. I haven't even heard yeah. that. I've never heard that. I, I listen to a lot of podcasts and, and I've heard people talk about motion sickness or whatnot, but no one said anything about taking something like Dramamine yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Dramamine, unfortunately, is considered – there. there's a lot of problems with Dramamine, including the fact that it's connected to um, – sorry, I – I study, I'm, I'm a big health and science freak, so oh, no, I this, love is it. Gonna be, this is going to be embarrassing, but there's a lot of studies where it's connected to um, Alzheimer's and it's connected to uh, especially advanced age dementia. And it's a, uh, I can't pronounce the exact word, but the exact chemical it is, is very, it, 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 I would assume it'll be pulled off the market pretty quick because there's been multiple problems with like people in, in uh, retirement homes having issues with it. Yeah. And um, if you take a Tylenol PM, the PM part of Tylenol PM is Dramamine. And so bonine is a different kind of chemical that does not have the same or as many negative effects. So I always tell people, try to do bonine, do not do Dramamine, because I have a family member who was taking like Tylenol PM and taking Dramamine, and you could lit and they were older, and they had all the signs. I mean, it was pretty crazy shit. And th the thing is, there's a lot of chemicals we just randomly take and so when I have friends come over, they'll ask, they'll be like, should I just bring Dramamine? I'll be like, no. So I don't want anybody listening to this podcast and being like, I'll just go get a Dramamine. Don't, don't get, get something else. Eat some <laughs> ginger. I guess ginger is supposed to work for that too. Really? Yeah. I, I, I say, fuck it. I think ginger tastes nasty, but <laughs> I, I think so. I, I heard ginger and chewing bubble gum can both stop you from getting like motion sickness. Ah, I wonder if that works. I yeah. don't know. I don't know. I've never tried it. I, I just figure chemicals are better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I know bubblegum helps when you're on the plane. Your uh, your ears are blown oh, out. Oh, right, 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 right. That's totally true. I didn't even think about that. Might have some. Yeah. So, uh, dude, have you ever uh, – I had a question about reviewing. Have you ever reviewed something – have you ever gotten in the middle of something you really just did not want to finish and you had to force yourself to keep pushing forward? No. Really? No, fuck, dude. I, the best things in the world are shitty games. Okay. Be best things in the world are shitty movies, B-movies. I'm, I'm You'll see me talk about them on the channel all the time. I am a freak for bad stuff. I think it's hilarious. And to me, the uh, a, a terrible, boring game is delightful. It's They're great. Because there's an enjoyment that can be had from the thought that a bunch of people got together to create shit. It only takes me, just me. I can create, I can create poop, but somehow a group <laughs> of people got together and were like, Hey, let's put this together. Alakine's gun is a perfect example. This is one of the worst games I've ever played, right? Like it is, the game is truly not good. And yet I think I have returned to it probably eight or nine times no. to play with. Friends. Oh dude. Yeah. What is it called? It's Alakine's gun. It's like a mafia three uh, style open not open world as much it's like hitman and mafia 3 had a just a really really bad night got together and you know whatever whatever was birthed from that uh, had some damaged dna because it's bad i mean dude the sound effects are so bad that when a person is doing their voice recording you can hear the desk i don't know if you can hear this because you've done a lot of audio but you can hear people's desks reverberate you can hear that they're sitting at a desk like it, they're not even trying to pretend like this was, you know, in any way in a, in a sound booth or anything like that. It's a terrible game. So to me, I love them. 
I love bad games. And I like them also because don't you believe that without without bad games, how are we going to know what a good game is? Yeah, I, that make that totally makes sense. You know, when you play a good game, you're like this game was fucking awesome because compared yeah. to the other games, it was just better. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I, I believe that we need all those experiences. I won't steer clear of a game I think is a little questionable. You know, I'll get an email and somebody be like, hey, you want to cover my game or I'll see it on Steam or see it coming out for Xbox. And I'll be like, hey, can I cover your game? Because I've also been wrong, too, dude, like getting away from the end result, which is bad games. I've also been wrong in thinking a game would be good or bad. And I think that you have to remove your ego. It's super important that you do. And a lot of people don't want to do it. A lot of people want to be like, I knew this was going to be bad. You'll see it in comments. I've always known. This was going to be terrible. And I'm like, <laughs> I've okay. I've always known. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, that. that's great. You you and, you know, whatever false god you worship, you guys can go off in a corner. But in real life, for me, what I think is, is that if you have experience with the bad or the good, whatever, then you can talk about it in an educated style. Because if you do not have experience about it, the worst you can do is regurgitate what other people have said to you. And that's why when people say, Carrick, I saw that you said this is a don't get, but I'm getting it anyway. I will say good. Enjoy it because they might like it, right? They might they might enjoy it, what have you. But at least they have the experience, even though most of the time somebody will come back and be like, oh, no, I did buy it. and It was terrible or whatever. That, that'll happen, too. But, yeah, I, I I just I think that having those experiences of good and bad are all that matter. Yeah, there's there's a lot of games, too. Everybody will be saying how mediocre it is. Um, a good one, uh, a good one would be like uh, Agents of Mayhem. A lot of people were like just saying how it's just it's it's good, it's not great, it's okay. Maybe mm-hmm. play it, maybe don't. Um, I'm friends with K Bess, who is Persephone Brimstone, and she was going to come on the podcast. So um, I actually reached out to uh, I reached out to them and asked for review codes. Hey, I'm going to have your you guys' voice actors on the podcast. Um, Sissy Jones is on that podcast as well. I'm like I'm like. I would love to uh, play the game so we could talk about it. You know, right. it'd, be, it'd be awesome to talk about it with them, with with uh, Persephone Brimstone. And um, I actually fucking love that game. That game was so much fun, even though everybody else was saying it's okay. You know, I took my I, I my own opinion of it was I had a blast. I loved that you get to play 12, 13 characters, and I got to level them all up to level forty or twenty or whatever it was. And I just I had a blast, even though the everybody else was saying the game was okay. We can. I've cussed a couple times. We can cuss, right? Yeah, we. I don't don't want to get you in trouble. No rules. (laughs) Um, I I just want to say, also, this is the number one reason I put fun factor in the video, and there's a reason why in all my reviews I do fun factor because the fact is, graphics may not be the best, sound may not be the best, voice, even the gameplay, but you may just find it fun. Yeah. And if you do find it fun, then I personally, unless you are out there punching babies. As long as you're not hurting people, then you should be able to enjoy that. We just had somebody in our Discord say, I feel dirty for liking uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2. And I'm all, why? Like, let it doesn't, it it does matter. But like I said before, uh, video games, we sort of get caught up in it. We think it's the most important thing ever. And we're hoity-toity and wearing our Monopoly hats. It's like, fuck you. Real (laughs) shit. People die every day. People are fucking shot, stabbed every day. That shit matters. Like that shit matters. And we can talk and we can get frustrated and all that kind of stuff. But at some point you do have to step back. And if somebody tells me I really had a fun time in Agents of Mayhem, I would simply say I did not. And 
that's awesome because unless I'm a jackass, why would I be happy about you getting less than your money's worth? Even though you got this one for free, let's say you didn't, let's say you went and got it. Um, I'd be a complete jackass if I was hoping you had a bad time. I just don't like that thought process. It's stupid. It's a, and it's infantile. That's, that's a, that's like a two kids in a fucking playground where one's pissed because the other kids got the better transformer. It's like, no, just fucking enjoy what you enjoy. You know, I mean, we can talk about it, but if you're having a good time, why should anybody shit on you for it? That's my belief. Yeah. I mean, in our, in the horrible gamers, Facebook group, we have a, it's, it's a fun community, right? We're all kind of hard on each other. So trust me, if, if you like battlefront two, which is a great game, it's just, it's just the whole con- loot box controversy. That yeah. Kind of right. Fucked it up. Uh, right. People are going to give you shit about it. Hopefully in a fun way, you know, sometimes exactly. it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell sometimes exactly what they're saying and through comments. Right. It might be like, are they being a dick or are they being sarcastic? Cause usually it's sarcasm. And uh, another one is uh, Destiny. Destiny two, Destiny one. It's like, oh, it's like you're drinking, you're drinking the Kool Aid or Call of Duty. Oh. I get that a lot. Like I'm, I'm, di- I'm really loving multiplayer in World War two right now. But everyone's like, oh, you're drinking that Call of Duty Kool Aid. I'm like, oh, you're drinking that Destiny Kool Aid. What's the difference? I just like to say that at least I'm drinking something, and you're fucking over there, you know, <laughs> not. So it, it, you know, it is, it is at some point sort of like somebody being pissed because you got invited to the popular party and they didn't, and. To me, that's that's stuff that I left behind a long time ago. And I think that it we are a slightly younger industry, but we're not super young. We we pretend that we are. You'll hear people say gaming's a young industry. Fuck you, man. I was like seven and I bought an Atari 2600. So we can pretend that that's when it started. That's 30 years, 30 plus years ago. It's not that it's not that young. But when you get situations like that, people, you know, as long as they're not serious, like truly, you know, like a jackass about it. I can handle somebody getting snooty or, or being, you know, being like, you're drinking the Kool-Aid and stuff like that and be like, yeah, I am. And I'm having a good time. I'm okay with that. It, what, what bothers me and you said it perfectly. It's like, sometimes you'll get a text and text is notorious for this, right? You'll get a text and you'll be like, I can't tell what they're saying. Yeah. There's no LOL. What the fuck? Yeah. Right. (laughs) There you go. There's no fucking smiley face. Right. It's like, there's an emoji for everything now, but there isn't really an emoji for dude. Seriously, I really am joking, but not really, you know, like that's and that's what happens in a lot of conversations is you're all I think they're pretending to joke, but I don't think they are yeah. or or they're being serious, but maybe not, you know, and you get those question marks. Um, I'm also I've been a part of groups that were exclusive or whatever. And yeah, it's fun for a little while, but over time, I'm just like, actually, it's better if we're all just having a good time. People are playing what they enjoy. Yeah, we mean exclusive to like Xbox or PS4. I mean, exclusive just groups like, uh, you know, since I was four, I've been in martial arts. You, you, you know, you had to be very, very well off where I was to take those classes and stuff. It was exclusive. It was like, we're exclusive. This is an exclusive group, right? Exclusive. Yeah, it's it's like it's it's not like now where you can go to the Gold's Gym for twenty four bucks. And I'm not lying, man. These were you know hundred hundreds of dollars a month, and they were exclusive. And you get this cool conversation that happens in those groups where everybody sort of knows about the one thing. But what I've found is, the more I know about what everybody else likes and does, the better I personally feel. I can even talk about the things I like, whether it be music. It, that's one of the reasons why I love covering music and games because I have friends who are musicians. I decided to dabble in it. And over time I'm like, Oh, I can cover this in games. Right. But it, you have a lot of people who don't even know how to cover that in reviews, for instance. So 
it, you know, that exclusion, I, I can deal with it a little bit, but it sounds like your group is pretty cool. I've been a part of some groups online where I'm all, wow, this is pretty hoity toity. You know, like I, like I probably don't want to be a part of this group anymore where it's, a, it's a little too high and mighty for me. I'm not yeah, big- yeah. Well, I mean, dude, we were called the horrible gamers, so we're just like horrible people. So <laughs> really, it's all it's all sarcasm and fun. But every once yeah. in a while, you get a comment on something like, "Oh, guys, I'm fucking loving Agents of Mayhem." Then somebody jumps in there like, "Agent Mayhem sucked, fucking trash," and you're like, "Ah, yeah, true. what do I type? Fuck you." Yeah, yeah. I mean, it- that's that's the question. Like, what do you type? <laughs> the, uh, yeah. You know. We try to we try to keep it uh, we try to keep it a balanced bad in there, right? Like it's like every, everyone have a fun time, be sarcasm, and don't like as long as no racist stuff flying around oh, or, yeah. or like or, right. or some like truly offensive stuff. We're pretty, we're pretty, we're an offensive group of people. So it's not. I mean, it's got to be really bad for for us to the stuff you know when you're typing. I shouldn't be typing this, but I'm gonna type it anyways. That kind of stuff. Yeah, offensive. Yeah. I, I I've certainly uh, you know like I drop a. a, a shit ton of sexual innuendos and stuff in my reviews and i know that sometimes i i've I've even had some people say i wish you wouldn't cuss and i'm all well first of all i cuss in real life so i don't want to control anything i say because i think that that leads to a difference in my thought process when i'm trying to discuss something so i don't like that but um you'll have those moments where like i'll drop something i'll be all should i really be saying this there's been one i rarely worry but there was one or two times where I said a couple things, uh, and if you listened really closely, you can be like, "Man, that guy's an asshole." <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and even I will be all, "I probably won't say that again on on you know on a on a recording." But I think only two times in the entire time I've ever done reviews have I been like, "Hmm, maybe, maybe not." <laughs> Dude, it's, it's, every it's single podcast I record, when I'm done with it, I'm like. Okay, was I being sarcastic there, or was I being a dick? Was I coming across right? You know, I I usually don't edit out stuff. I don't go back and listen. A lot of people go back and listen to the whole podcast and take out sentences and stuff. I don't. I don't do that at all. Yeah, it's got got that. Yeah, it's got to flow. It's got to feel like a a conversation. You can tell sometimes when people do that, and it's like it just it just sounds like just clips are taken out. Just like yeah, yeah, right. It's like what was missing. You (laughs) there? It makes you question even more. I think. Yeah, sometimes. it, you, it's yeah. worse. you ever watch the uh who's that guy who does those um he does he does it in a good way though but uh the guy who does those movie and game reviews jeremy J- hans johns johns jeff it's what? gonna sound really embarrassing i don't i almost don't watch any other youtube okay uh, but, I, I watch the couple people i know and then i get oh jeremy johns okay wait a minute uh, yeah i that is the person he cuts a lot yeah but and, it's kind of in a cool it's kind of like you guys yeah. have no attention span pay attention yep <laughs> Yep, that is correct, and I actually have liked some of his stuff. I, I just on me, I know exactly what you're talking about. He's got a, yeah, exactly. red background, always a red background. Yep, yep. Yeah. I I actually have liked some of his stuff. Man, it's been a long time. I didn't even know if he's still around. Yeah, he's doing it, man. Yeah, I, I oh, gotcha. Him. Yeah, he's he's constantly putting stuff out. He does game reviews and he does movie reviews. I like his movie movie reviews. Sometimes I'm like, I don't know if I should go see that movie, and you kind of you'll not be so spoilery spoilery about it and just and, and his videos are like you have no attention span yep no attention span so, <laughs> that's awesome so i, so <laughs> I get it man yeah i mean w- with game reviews it's different we we'll watch your review for 15 minutes it's okay because you got gameplay in the background it's not like we're just staring at a picture of you talking about a game to be <laughs> honest that's hard to do like yeah, yeah. it's really hard for me to watch videos of people talking i don't know why 
Oh, no. I mean, I think, dude, I think you perfectly I, I, I think what you're saying is more common. I like our podcast. I only get 10,000 to 15,000 people who watch it. And those people who watch it adore it. But they'll even say, you know, I'd rather I mean, it's just the attention span we have now as people where it's like flashy move. move. In fact, in podcasts, I'm sure you've heard this where somebody will say, why can't you put the game you're talking about in the video? And I'll be like, well, fuck, man, I'm not going to go back and edit this. It's three hours long because our podcasts are long. Yeah, I've seen um, those. Yeah, and I'm like, occasionally, if we're talking about something that like I really want to cover, I'll say, okay, I'll go back and I'll throw, or I have footage. I'll be like, yeah, that I can throw it in there. <laughs> it may not match up to the exact time. That's happened a couple times. But yeah. I think overall watching somebody is very difficult, and I think that the honest truth is is that we're all human, and uh, if you really dive deep, deep down into people it is there is an attractiveness thing there as well so it depends on the person talking i just just being brutally honest you yeah, know i know uh, some somebody, super sexy chick you're like you could talk about anything girl i'll just sit here and just stare at you for like yeah, five or, hours right or a super handsome dude and he, i'm like I'm, i look like a bearded lumberjack that fell off the fucking you know beer train <laughs> so it's like no if i were me i would never watch me like never never i would and i've said it in i'm like dude just turn us on audio trust me and we'll joke about it at the start of the podcast. I'll be like, we're in 1080p, 60 frames per second, 500,000 megabytes per second because we're so hot. Yeah. But we're not. You have, to, you have to take it as a joke and just be like, people don't want to watch, for the most part, people talk for very long. Yeah, it you're you're an international podcast. you put that in audio or is it only on YouTube? So I do – what I do is I cut it, uh, or not cut it, I um, I upload it, and then I get the audio and I give it to a company that's supposed to divvy it out correctly, <laughs> like supposed to go, you know, here's your RSS feed for iTunes, blah, blah, blah. It We're only now getting a grip on it, and I'm going to be brutally honest, it's because of me. When I, I am busy doing reviews, so the one thing that will always get the shaft is the international podcast, and it time-wise, it just will, because you know what it's like, rendering a three-hour video in Premiere you know, it's, you know, if I go in there and I want to level our voices, because, for example, Silver, sometimes his mic is loud and we're like, OK, you got to level. You're talking three hours minimum of computer time, which means I can't do reviews. So um, I do send it out when I can, but we, we're not the best at it. Because I don't. I was looking for it before so I could listen to it in audio, but I couldn't find it anywhere. Yeah, it's on iTunes, Angry Centaur Gaming still. See, you're probably looking for ACG and then it's on Podbean. And it's in every description for my videos. It's in there. If you look at the description and you scroll about a quarter of the way down, you'll okay, see yeah. all the what is What is it called again? What, it's, it's, not, think, it's not International Podcast? Well, that's the podcast name, but the, the podcast pages are all Angry Centaur Gaming. Oh. You know why? Because a number of my fans, which probably explains it because of my looks, a number of my fans are blind. Strangely enough. Um, probably because I cover audio, but I've had a number of fans who, okay. Um, I found it, dude. I had yeah. It. Oh wait. Yeah. So I'm looking on this, I'm looking on, a, um, I'm looking on, a, I'm on a pod catcher app and it's the last one it shows in here is from May of 2015. Yeah. That's the old one. I would just go to pod bean and type in ACG. Probably I'm looking right now. Pod bean ACG. I'm the first entry if you go to Google and type in Podbean ACG. Oh, there you go. ACG found you on this thing. December 2nd, 2017. Yep. Cool, dude. Yeah, right on, man. Because I looked for it before. Because I'm not, when I, I work, uh, you know, 10-hour shifts and I listen to podcasts the whole whole entire time. 
and I was looking for your podcast at one point to, to to listen to it, but I couldn't find it. But I'm glad I yeah I was looking for international podcasts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's the problem is I have so many because I love games so. So I even I've even had people who follow the channel who are like, dude, I wish you didn't release as much as you do, because I'll do international podcast, aimless chatter podcast, uh, my own walking the walk videos. Why? Why videos are just where people ask me questions and I answer them. I do a patron only video and then I do our podcast. And that's aside from the reviews. So it's like a, a lot of people will be all, dude, where do I follow half this shit? And I'll be all, well, <laughs> YouTube's still the best for me. Like, yeah. that's the place where it's all going to go, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um. Uh, right now, I've been so confused about audio, to be honest, a- as well, because like you upload it to Podbean, iTunes won't let you change shit. Half the time, I can't tell if people are watching them or listening. Sorry, uh, Podbean at least will tell you when people are listening, and then you, I don't get any revenue from any of those. So I'm o- obviously, at least in the past, when I wasn't being demonetized every video, I would be worried more about YouTube. Now I'm sort of branching out. I'm like, okay, I need to figure out need to figure out other ways to like make this actually get enough money to continue going. Yeah. It's pretty I, crazy. I, what was up with that a, a couple months ago when everybody was just, everybody I knew who had YouTube stuff was just every, they're all getting demonetized. Everything was just getting fucked over. I didn't understand what was going on. Is that still going it, on right now? It is for some of us. I have never in the last five months, I've never had a video get uploaded that wasn't demonetized. So basically what happens is they get uploaded and then this computer AI basically says, you know, are, is this questionable content or not? And then there's a number of, I guess what you would call like, I, I'm assuming I've heard, I know one person who's told me this exists and I trust them because they saw it. But I, other people have also said that there's like white lists and blacklists. Like if you're on the blacklist, it means in the past you've done something questionable. So maybe the AI looks harder at your stuff, but I cuss a lot. And so if I'm dropping, you know, a sex joke or something like that, it gets, you know, it gets demonetized pretty quick. I would say within 30 seconds. So what I'll do is I'll, yeah. So I'll, for example, if I'm looking and what happens is here's the crazy shit. I've tested this because I'm big into numbers, big into Excel spreadsheets, trying to sort of track how things work. They get demonetized instantly. The only time they get remonetized and they do over time is once you are at the point to where you cannot fight the monetization again. It is always at 1,000 views a day or less when it gets remonetized, which means no money. You're not getting, at, at that point, you're getting 10 cents. So it all of mine, for example, like Skyrim, I have 115,000 views on Skyrim. And of those views, 500 and about 30 counted towards monetization. Wow. Yeah. Battlefront 2. 488,000 views looks like maybe around 22,000 views counted. That's crazy. So, dude. Those are big yeah. numbers, man. <laughs> Those blowing yeah. my mind. Well, what's the big, what's the video you have with the most amount of views? Uh, probably I think star Wars is close. Um, I know that recently somebody had found something old I did and it surprised us. Oh, I'll tell you this. This is the cool thing about YouTube to me. Um, Every video that's been hyper successful for me or most of them have been games or coverage I did not expect to be successful. So, for example, I covered um, one of the Dragon Ball games. And I mean, yeah, I understand there's a big, you know, a big a big group of people watching it or or liking that. But I did not expect them to watch the review. And it when it comes to subscribers as well, it's the number one video I've ever had. And it's like three years ago. And it just 
I mean, it got traded around and people were just like freaking out. So for me, Ghost Recon Wildlands, God, that game is boring. 780,000 views. It's almost a million. It's probably because those are the games that people are most curious about. You know, everybody knows, but they either want Battlefront 2 or they don't. They probably know already if they want it. So maybe they're not looking for as much stuff. Yeah, on you it. hit it perfectly. You yeah. hit it perfect. That's exactly what happens. It is somebody, for example, Mass Effect Andromeda would never, I got 670,000 views. A Mass Effect Andromeda would never been as viewed if there hadn't been problems with it. Okay. I absolutely can guarantee it. I got to ask you, do you, did you like Andromeda? Did I like it or did I suggest people buy it? I don't because, know. Okay, so there were so that's the difference for me. There were elements that I did like, but overall, no. No. No, no Jerry. Yeah. yeah, it had it, dude. I, I don't know if you've seen my review. There are so many bugs. I had in my review at the starting of every review, I do the little three blurbs where I'll say, um, so here's my review for Mass Effect Andromeda, blah, 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 blah. blah. And they're usually funny little things that happen. In that one, it was all bugs. I had people <laughs> literally dropping from the sky like three feet in front of me and and starting <clears throat> shooting me. Like it was just a disaster. Now, is it still? Probably not, but I will tell you this. Usually a game that I rate, I won't I'll try to re-review because I do believe in re-reviewing if a game succeed if a game does better. Yeah. But um but Andromeda was on the low end of its score, which means it would have had to have really repaired a bunch of stuff before i jumped back in yeah i was well i'm a big mass effect guy so i was super excited for that Definitely. my favorite series of all time yeah same here but uh, you know what i actually uh, andromeda was weird okay so the first 20 hours to play that game i hated it i was like this is not mass effect this is not shepherd these are not my people i hate this what's up with this up in this big open world what the fuck is going on i mean i really was like i was angry i was posting about it i was like i don't, I don't like it i can't i'm not feeling it at the right. 20 hour mark i don't know what it was it just clicked and all of a sudden i was going back and i was getting to know all the characters and every time i go back to the the tempest i was talking to everybody and then i started enjoying it and then i then it became my favorite out of the whole series not the best out of the whole series just my favorite exactly and i think that that's a perfect way to to describe it i think we all get caught up in what did it review oh it got a 5.5 you know at, or it got a 5.5 1 out of 10 well what's the 0.5 mean and then you start arguing about that to me it's more about like, did you enjoy it? And if you did, the game doesn't need to get a 10. It, do it doesn't. It flatly doesn't. And anybody, I'll say this to anybody, you're a fucking liar if you try to pretend you've only liked good stuff. Fuck you. You're a liar. <laughs> I, I, and I'm sorry. I'm very, very secure in saying that. That is yeah. the one thing I think I'll say. That is the biggest line of bullshit. And it's a, it's an ego thing. It's a confidence thing. It's people trying to pretend like they only like the good stuff. Bullshit, man. So if you like Andromeda, but you know that it's not the greatest game in the world, then who's to stop you? Not only that, we should celebrate that. Yeah, and I loved it, dude. I mean, I, yeah. just, I, I just, I loved it. Here's the weird thing. The number of people who are so warped that they believe that I would want a game to suck blows my mind. Because I'm going to tell you right now, there is nothing in the world I would rather want for an industry is to have everything be fucking awesome. But I will get people who will be all, oh, you just you're a hater or you just wanted it to be to, you know, you just wanted Andromeda to be bad or you were just poking out things. I'm like, dude, you have no fucking clue. If, if anything in the world I would want to succeed, it's games. Yeah, I would want yeah. them to be good. That's what you, 
That's what you want if you like an industry is for things to do well, not for them to do poorly. That's what a child does. And yet, unfortunately, we get a large number of people who think just like that. And that's what's sad to me. That's it's far sadder there than that. You liked Andromeda. I to me, Mass Effect, dude, I don't even know how to describe to you how much I liked it. I I mean, easily my favorite series of all time. Three ruined it for me. And I stopped playing it. I was playing it uh, probably, I've played KOTOR probably 200 times, easy. I've played KOTOR four or five times in a row, like just over and over. I'm a Bioware freak. So when Mass Effect came out, I was like, I'm into this shit. And I think on my 15th playthrough, I, I was only a couple months into it. Like, that's how much I liked it. I would play it, beat it, and immediately restart it. Holy shit. Oh, dude, I'm, I'm like that. If I, if I have time, it's almost like some people watch Netflix. I'd rather play a game yeah, and really dissect, sure. dissect, you know, dissect it and jump into it. And so three's bad ending just destroyed it for me. And I gave hope, man. I was like, okay, Andromeda, it's coming. And unfortunately, I, like there were rumors about problems and you sort of know in the industry over, after a while where you're like, uh Oh, you know, these problems that they're mentioning are ones that are like you, they wouldn't be mentioned unless they were real. Because they're, you can track them, right? You can you can test if they're valid, and therefore, if somebody's just blowing wind, uh, you, you'll never believe them again. So a lot of people won't won't drop the story. But with Andromeda, there were so many stories about the the politics behind the scenes and and the weird bullshit going on, and you were just like, oh no. And then it got released, and dude, it was so buggy. It was so fun. I had that guy's head flip around. Did you ever see that bug? <laughs> no, I don't Where think it, so. It, his head fucking disconnected and like started spinning. I'm like, Jesus, it's the exorcist. What I didn't get that I many bugs, man. I really didn't come across many. I don't think. When did you play it? Did you play it right away? I played it. Yeah. Um, I stay, I got, I stayed, um, I moved my work schedule around so I could have that night off and I played it right at 9 PM and started playing it when it got released. I'm, I'm so happy for you because one of the things that happens with bugs, you and I could sit down and play a game for 20 hours and I could have bugs and you couldn't. That's the way a bug works. Yeah, it's weird, right? That, that, well, yeah, and I, I did test. And in test, one of the things when you're testing a video game, I still do test occasionally for some games. No, I've never reviewed the game I've worked on, if anybody wants to know. But I've done test and one of the things you'll hear a lot of us say is it, if it doesn't stop the entire game, it can still ship with it, Right. If, if everybody was going to have the bug, well, then it'd be a game stopper. You couldn't ship it. You'd have to be like, these are these are tier one bugs. They need to be fixed. And so to me, you experiencing no bugs is not that surprising because it depends on what you do and how you play. And do you extend the memory? Do you play for long periods of time without saving? So when you save, your memory has more tables. I mean, there's a lot of technical stuff that can be discussed. So to me, I'm just really happy you liked it. Like, it's better to me that you liked it than that you didn't. <laughs> but it did take me 20 hours to like it. <laughs> it did. I, I, I guess I will ask you this. Um, what made you stick with a game that you hated for 20 hours? Were you just one of those one of those games where you're like, I, it's got to be better at some point? No. Well, for me, it's very rare I don't finish a game. I have to really not like it. And I, it's not oh, like I hated no. the game. It just wasn't clicking with me. I, I'm one of those complete. I'm not a completionist where I have to get. Tr I never had a platinum trophy. I don't really give a shit about achievements and stuff like that. But I'll, I'll play a game because if I don't finish it, I'll always know that I didn't finish it. So I'm always thinking, why don't I finish that game? So I always finish stuff, right? So I'll, if, I, if, I, if I'm not completely feeling it, I'll just push through and just stop, stop exploring and just get to the ending and, and stuff like that. Uh, 
or whatever. But somebody, I knew, I thought, I love Mass Effect. There's got to be something here. So I just kept talking to the the, the crew members, and that's where it kind of clicked. And then I, you know, then I started connecting with them on Twitter. I mean, I had Daniel Rain on. She was Vetra. I had on. Um, yeah. I had you know, um, I had. Uh, Sarah Ryder on. I had uh, Cora on the podcast. I had, you know, actually with a Vetro, um, our Danielle Rain. That was fun. We did it. We actually did an improv skit, uh, a, Ma- a Mass Effect Andromeda improv skit, and I added background sounds. We're on the ship. I uh, I oh, went through awesome. and I went through and highlighted every <laughs> word of hers, and I put a, a flanger filter over it to make it sound like Vetra. Oh, <laughs> uh, it was so much <laughs> fun. Awesome. I mean, I that's how much I loved that. Mass Effect. That was the. I just wanted. To, I wanted. To, wanted them all on the podcast, man. I, just, I loved it, man. Yeah, but, I. I'm. I'm happy you liked it. I mean, it to me, it, it's unfortunately, it, it's probably the end for me for a while of like a beloved series, which kills my soul. Like that's why I wish. I mean, I'd love to be wrong. You know, I would I, like the because when something is bad or isn't reviewing well. You will never is something you'll hear publishers and developers talk about uh, is you'll never capture the the day one moment. It'll never come back. So if you patch your game, it doesn't matter in the long run for those for those purchases that were going to happen. You'll never be on the top of the wave again. You can write it. You can do really well. But that first day matters. And so to me, whenever I see a game, you know, and I'll do my review and I'll start like looking at what other scores are or I'll talk to Maddie. And I'll start seeing other scores and I'll be like, oh, shit, like, here we go. This is another game that's just not going to do well. And that kills my soul a little bit because another thing is no developer wakes up in the morning and says, hey, guys, let's go make a shitty game. That sounds great. Yeah, for sure. It's it just doesn't happen. And they work hard. And a lot of times people will blame them. And I'll be like, you're blaming the texture artist for the fucking bugs. Like what? Like <laughs> educate yourself. <laughs> of all the things you shouldn't be complaining to them most of the time it's just the way a corporation works right i mean most people who've been involved in a corporation know really good workers there and that's what a, that's all the game is is a reflection of everybody's combined efforts and it doesn't mean that there can it can't turn out to be shit and there can be some really good people there yeah gaming development man it's so complicated i couldn't even begin to know how, where you start on making a game as big as andromeda do you know where they usually start, man? At lunchtime. At lunchtime, just pitching ideas or pitching like drawing idea, pictures. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I got to I got to sit in on one at, at uh, P, uh, GDC about you know, about three years ago now, and I got to sit in on a game that just got released and just listen to them. And I didn't review it because I was like, it, even though it was nothing really in the end, what they had talked about at GDC, that the basic skeleton was there, and it was just two dudes sitting at a table. Being like, what would you, what about this? What about this? And that's how it starts. Even at the bigger companies, they'll do like a think tank where they'll get three employees. They'll still be working on their current game. Like, let's say Doom for Bethesda. You know, they'll be like, okay, we're finishing this up, but you three go into this room and come up with ideas for the next game. And that's exactly how it works. And it it's interesting when you look at how Andromeda was made and their decisions, their ideas started, dude, did you see how vast their ideas were? Originally, no, dude, they had plans for like 800 planets procedurally. F- yeah, like a like a um, like a No Man's Sky kind of thing procedurally. And then they also just like No Man's Sky, they realized that's not probably doable. 
Yeah, and that's so, not reality right there. It right, seems so good right. on paper. It's like, hey, look, vast world, and you can go to all these right. places. You'll never bump into another player in the world so big. And you're like, yeah, that's not exactly what you guys put yeah. out. Exactly, exactly. And uh, Andromeda started out that way, and they got paired back more and more and more when they found out their engine, the actual engine itself, was not capable of delivering some of the fidelity that they wanted, which you'll find from a lot of a lot of developers will talk about that later. Like, you know, their idea, they'll pare it down and people get mad and say, you cut this content or you remove these levels. And a lot of times when you talk to them, do you know what it turns out to be? Like memory in the engine. They'll be like, dude, there wasn't enough memory. You know, we couldn't load this extra house in your level because the house was too much memory. And we, we, we don't we didn't have it the game engine couldn't handle it. It's some pretty crazy stuff when you when you start following game development, how little things or what we conceive as little things can end up affecting the game dramatically. Yeah, it's so complicated, man. <laughs> I don't even know, man. It's crazy. There's a right now is like the time for open world games. Like every game's an open world game. Every game's eighty hours. It's an open world game. It's it's <laughs> it's a massive RPG. And then yeah. you get you get the smaller games that are that are sprinkled in there, like Wolfenstein Two, which I'm that's probably going to be the next game I play. I've got that ready. Um, so good, so uh, good. Yeah, and I keep hearing I keep hearing about how crazy and violent it is. Uh, but like the games like that, they put out very creative, fun. You know, they they supposedly have these great stories, but they don't sell as many copies because they're not open world. That you know, people can't spend 80 hours playing it which for me i do look at value in a game like when i when i spend 60 dollars in a game and i hear it's six hours i'm more likely to wait or rent it from redbox mm -hmm. yeah but i mean doesn't that makes sense though right uh yeah at some at some point it's a hour versus uh versus dollar kind of conversion but i i, I will ask you this if you're if you're saying that, then is Monopoly the only game you own? Because Monopoly offers you five billion hours worth of entertainment, mm -hmm. and it's only so. It's like at some point, it's also the quality of, the, of those hours. And yeah, I they, think, yeah, they're short games that are they're just fucking phenomenal, right? They're I'm talking, games. yeah, but I'm talking even more about the long games where they say they'll be phenomenal and they're not because they're just padded hours. Yeah, and that does bother me. And you know, um, go ahead. I was saying the worst is like Japanese RPGs, which are great. Like Final Fantasy is great, right. but there's other ones where you just get caught and you're trying to get from one place to another, and you gotta you gotta get caught in like eight different random battles. Like you know you yep. you get in that vicinity, and you're like, oh, I have to fight this person right now. That's why the game's eighty hours. <laughs> yeah, you know it's funny because like Wolfenstein to me, um, it took me far longer than six, by the way. So to me, money wise, it was completely worth it. it you could sort of go in a movie. Uh, standpoint if you want i think a movie right now here movie ticket is like 13 bucks so you could say two hours divided by that you know so you're talking 650 an hour whatever you could do a monetary thing like that for your out you know how if you'll buy a game because of certain amount of hours but another thing is this if you and i sat down and talked about most open world games i bet you the amount of time we spent would be dramatically different yeah that's that's true right and I'm most a little, of his gameplay yeah. most of his gameplay nothing to talk about Exactly. And so I'm a, sometimes I get a little perturbed when I'll see somebody say, now, I, if, if something's four hours or something, I, I certainly look at length on a game for sure. I, I want to make sure people don't think I'm saying I'll just let a four hour game slide. I wouldn't. But if it was OK, for example, I had a lot of people who argued with me about uh, near because they felt that the one six hour starting ending, you know, the one time you play through it the first time was what it should be rated on, and it's not worth buying, right? Mm, so Maybe. I mean, uh, I, it took me over 30 hours to do the first playthrough. 
Okay, well, see, so, but I would assume you would agree that you are on the out end of that. You're on yeah. the outer ends, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I did a lot of stuff in exploring. Yeah, and I think that that's the question that comes into gamers' minds. And that's one reason why I believe you should listen to everybody, yourself, other reviewers, people who are doing Let's Plays, whatever. Listen to everybody. And one of the reasons I say that is because no one person is going to play a game exactly like you, nor have the experiences exactly like you. And so what you do is you follow people that sort of speak to you, like that sort of that you can digest their content and go, okay, we have agreed on these four or five things. But here's another thing, like you'll hear somebody say, uh, I just had somebody leave my patron, um, wrote me a really nasty email. And the reason why they left the patron is because they didn't agree with one of my reviews. And no lie, the, the email basically states, out of 40 reviews, I do not agree with this one. I think it's bullshit and I'm leaving your patron. And so my response back was, my percentile for success is higher than probably any other person you're watching then. But you're leaving because of one instead of staying because of 39. Wow. And to me, that's where that's that's where the argument comes up a lot of times with us gamers. You seem far more open. You're like, okay, somebody else near took them six hours. It took me, what'd you say, 30? Yeah, about 30 for the first, 30, 35 for the first playthrough. And then the second ones I did, I did knock out in like five hours. Sure. And so to me, I like those type. I, I find an easier engagement with those type of people because they're the ones who sort of understand that there's a flexibility in our experience that can't be described as easily as we want to pretend. It's one reason why I'll never do a numbered review. I don't even think in numbers. And the, the reason why is because I don't want people getting caught up in that either. And you, you can get caught up in those things. I expect these particular things from a game. I expect this many hours. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, if Watch Dogs 2 has 40 hours, but only 18 are good, then then is the game as a whole good? And that's where you start to really have to pare down and look at, you know, at, at what what the what the engagement, how enjoyable it is per hour. Because, for example, your your explanation of Andromeda cracks me up because I would have a difficult time if I was you rating that because if I spent 20 hours disliking it at some point I would probably go even if this is the most amazing game ever from year 21 or from hour 21 to 41 the game has too many problems to be good does that make sense mm, yeah because because that first part was so bad but I'm not right that's just my opinion it yeah. doesn't mean I'm right that your opinion is I got over this and it turned out to be amazing and I don't really see that it's not valid. Like, it's just that we don't talk the same way about certain things or we yeah. don't get the same out of it. I feel like the first 20 hours I was resisting it being good. And I also was so I also had soaked in like a sponge, all these six and seven out of 10 reviews. And for Mass Effect, that wasn't good enough for me in my head. So I had all that. I was just carrying that baggage around playing this like, right. oh, okay, this isn't very good, guys, blah, blah, blah. And then after after a certain point, I started, you know, I just started. I played uh, like ninety five hours or something. <laughs> I, all I can say is that's awesome because I'm I've been on the other end, dude. I liked Elix, and Elix is the Piranha Bytes game that came out. Yeah, I was I'm really yeah curious about that because it seemed like when I watched gameplay videos from like E three, I was like, holy fuck, that looks amazing. And then all these reviews came out, and uh, and people seemed to not be so excited about it. So I really didn't yeah. wasn't sure. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is like, I, I guess I would be the the way you were, except I, I liked it from the moment, but we've all been at that point where, and reviewers are no different. A lot of people like to pretend they're not human. 
<laughs> which is probably easier to tease us if if you think that. But the fact is, is we all have these weird experiences that, it, I mean, look at how many people you've had friends who've come over and told you about a movie or something, and they explain it, and you're all, what the fuck are you even talking about? Like, this, it sounds stupid. And then you go see it, and maybe you like it or maybe you don't, but you it sort of understand where they're coming from. With game reviews like Elix, I'm the same way as you are with Mass, uh, with Mass Effect Andromeda, where... I had looked at some stuff and I was like, okay, what's, what am I going to get? Right? Like what, what am I going to get for my money? And what I got was a highly enjoyable game that was janky as fuck. That's Piranha Bytes for you. That's just them. They live in a house. They develop from a cottage home. Like no lie. That's really how, that's really where the developer is stationed in somebody's home. Really? And yeah. And so, but here's the thing. They expected the same amount of money. So you can't really care too much about what a developer, where they come from, because if they expect 60, you, you know, you want a good amount of enjoyment from it. But it, it's, it's, it is weird that like a game like that, Dragon's Dogma is another one. I love Dragon's Dogma. A lot of people don't like it. And I, I faced a lot of heat from that, sort of like you probably did from Andromeda, where people are like, why? And you're all, I don't know. Cause it's fun. <laughs> I, mean, I always want to play a, dog, a dragon's dogma. The only, I mean, I played it. I couldn't get past some difficulty or something. I, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't get anywhere in that game. I just got to this point. I, it wasn't far, like three hours in. I was like, I, ca- I can't beat. What am I doing wrong here? Why am I not powerful enough to take out these fucking skeletons? I, I just, Oh, right. I don't know what it was. So I gave up because I could, I literally could not beat it. I was, I was a pussy, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I went down a wrong path and I was in an area I wasn't supposed to be in. Because, you know, in RPGs, you can do that. You just end up in an area like, whoa, I'm not supposed to be here. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and, oh, go ahead. Oh, no. As I say, it's like a, a Assassin's Creed Origins. Like you, but you know when you're in an area you're not supposed to be in, there's like a skull over their head. You're like, okay, <laughs> uh, go, let's go somewhere else where I could fight people more. You know, but Dragon's Dogma, I was just like trying to fight these. I think they were like these skeleton things. And I couldn't get past it. And I really wanted to. And I, I was like, I gave up. I was like, fuck this. <laughs> it, it's funny you mention that because in my review, I said something about the skeletons being a hieroglyphic for get the fuck out in, <laughs> in Origins. And that is exactly what those are. If you if you see a skeleton, it's like it's like ye turn around for danger exists here. You know? Yeah, like, I mean, you could technically beat them, but you're most likely harder, not going to be. Though. Yeah. And the, and the thing about Origins is, you know, positive or negative one thing that they do better is they have more enemies fight you at once so if you get one skeleton guy with a, a, a skull above their face there's a good chance that somebody else will have one and they're going to find you in the most inopportune time for you in that battle and uh, it's you know i had my issues with origins but that kind of stuff wasn't wasn't what it was i i i definitely have issues with the game though man i loved origins dude <laughs> So many did. It got really, really good reviews. Yeah, and I'm really happy for him. Yeah, I was just, I was happy that I, I like Assassin's Creed Syndicate was was my favorite. I think before this, but I think uh, I, I like the fact that they just kind of swished it up to you're like this isn't even an Assassin's Creed game, but for me that worked. I don't know what it was. We're best friends now. Syndicate was oh, dude. Yeah, I Syndicate, love... because Evie Fry was. was I, Evie Fry and Jacob Fry were just awesome characters. I, I, I yeah. just love that the story in those the characters in that game. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, a lot of people didn't. What was the other one that everyone hated? Uh, Unity. Uh, it, Unity wasn't great, but what I did like about Unity is that it was so small and compact. I can go from mission to mission to mission to mission. It wasn't a lot of like space in between, so it was just constant gameplay for me. I like I like I like that about Unity. 
I, I think the thing with Unity is, um, unfortunately, it was another game that I got a lot of bugs. Yeah, so, a lot of people did. Yeah, and I wasn't able to really enjoy that as much. For me, my favorite Assassin's Creed, even though I love Syndicate, and Origins, they, they, they fucked up the patches a little bit, but hopefully Origins will, will get patched back to where it should be. But the one game that is coming out supposedly is a remaster, and i got to tell people, if it doesn't, you have to find a way to experience it, is Rogue. Assassin's Creed Rogue. Yeah, I played it's, that about a year ago on PC. It, I love that game. It's a little shorter. It's a little shorter than I think people expect, but I like the story. I thought the story was cool because it was different. It was like, we're wait, I'm doing... Obviously, if you look at the name, you can figure out sort of what the game's going to be about. But um, I had a really fun time with that game. I think Assassin's Creed get a get sort of a bad rap. Yeah, it does. Because it, for a while, it was kind of the same thing over and over, and people... It just the, If they start going... Every two years now, it's going to give people a break, which is kind of yeah. nice. Yeah, for sure. Agreed. Yeah, I'm I'm I mean, I was excited about Origins. I waited. I got it on day one, which is before the Xbox X came out. But I'm like, I'm not going to play this until the Xbox X comes out. So that's oh, the first right. game I play. And I'm, I mean, so what I did is I started it like two days before it came out so I could play it on the, you know, on the S, you know, just to see it in less quality and probably running shittier. I wanted to experience the shitty before I got to the good. And then when I played it on the Xbox X, I was like, fuck, this is night and day, man. I can see the trees. There's no jaggies in the trees. <laughs> I can see the yeah. sand, man. It was just like everything was just clear. Like I, I put on a brand new pair of glasses, man. I'm, I've only played that. I played uh, Call of Duty World War II. That's all I've tried on the, on the X so far because Origins oh. had me tied up. But, but so far, I'm really impressed with the hardware well yeah and i mean microsoft was pretty smart in this one where they 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 sort of built in a bunch of fixes into the hardware filtering is one of them because if, if if you don't know what filtering is and i don't mean you but i mean people are listening uh if you go and look up you know what a game looks like with you know two times filtering versus 16 it's night and day because the blurriness just goes away and they built that into the chip so it's in even their their backwards compatible games it's going to be in there and so the, a lot of the stuff Microsoft did sort of improves their old catalog in a way that I'm going to be honest, my PS4 Pro didn't. And I, yeah. I was pretty disappointed with the PS, PS4 Pro because they were like, here's a hack for your speed hack and your OS and all this stuff. And I'm like, what is going on? What, this is not typical Sony who I'm going to be honest, usually, you know, I would I would assume most people would say their their consoles are pretty robust and pretty bulletproof. And the Pro I, this is my third Pro, by the way, that I've had. Whoa, yeah. you had to replace yeah. it already twice? Yeah, heating issues. Each one of them comes up with a, um, there's a particular warning Sony reps can read and, and it's heating. And that's one of the problems is it bakes it. And obviously Microsoft knows that because look at their cooling system they have in the X. It's insane. Yeah, vapor chambers. So, yeah, and, and a proper one at that because you can do that wrong too, obviously. And so I'm I'm just incredibly impressed with the x to the point to where playing older games and seeing them it looks so improved whether it be backwards compatible or just xbox games has been really night and day compared to my pro experience which was if anything it was resolution and even then sometimes it wasn't you know you were just getting like a little bump and so it's definitely been nice yeah i would agree it's it, it it's definitely a bit of hardware that impressed me and surprised me yeah, I got, I got the Pro. I had the Xbox X. I, the um, PS4 Pro, I played... The game I got free with, with with it was Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. 
mm-hmm. and uh, which I didn't like the multiplayer, but the campaign phenomenal. Was, it just, well, I was like, dude, I was, I got as close as I could to my TV, just looking for some jagged lines. Like, where, where are these fucking jagged lines? I felt like a professional jagged line hunter, and I'm like, I can't find any. <laughs> I can't find any. I was, I was like, I was taking pictures of them. Like, this is crazy. Yeah. Uh, so other games, some other games didn't look so great. Final Fantasy 15 did not look good on the pro. Uh, mm-hmm. Near, near. I don't think it was. A, it's a great looking game. Anyway, so it wasn't like too great. But it seems so far with my Xbox, I've been super impressed. And I, I'm, I don't really take sides. Like last last generation, I was all about the 360 PS. The PS3 was something I would use only to play games. I couldn't play on it. On the on the right. Xbox and this one, like the PS4 came out first, it was a slightly more powerful. I I, I like the the DualShock Four way better than the PS the DualShock Three. So I, I was more of a PS4 guy, and I kind of played the Xbox. Xbox had all these issues and resolution issues and 700p, and you're like, ah, oh, come on. Um, yeah. But now, like, I, I kind of back. I'm, I I have no loyalty, so I'm just now I'm like back on the Xbox. It feels good to be an Xbox gamer. It's been three years. Uh, or four years how long has the xbox one been out three years yeah it's yeah it's like three or four i mean it's a, a long enough time that we got their sequel instead of i mean because you can call that an, a 2.5 upgrade but when you look at that and you start playing it and you start seeing it, and i get people are probably going to jump on this and say what about the frame rate i totally get that 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 is you know we aren't seeing 60 in a bunch of games but um it it's long enough that we saw a, a dramatic increase between it and the PS4 Pro, which is the other upgrade. And so I think that's even more telling is like looking at how much better it is than the Pro, which is ridiculous. I mean, not what I expected at all. Yeah, yeah, me, me either. I and mean, when I first heard them, when I first heard them announce the 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 X, which was the E3 2016, I think, um, I was. I was like, meh, I don't know. I got a PC. My PC runs the Xbox, you know, dashboard. I can just play any games on here. I wasn't really into it, but I, I, I enjoy being a console gamer. It's, I got, you know, I have a nice TV. I got a 65-inch 4K. So, I'm, you know, I, and my couch is way more comfortable than sitting here on my desk. And it's just easier. I Sometimes the games don't have as great of a frame rate, but it's most mostly it's easier to play games yeah. on a console I mean, I, I still run into. I mean, I got a, I have an i7 PC. I have a GTX 1080, but I there's still, there's still sometimes issues, and it gives me so much flexibility. I feel like I can solve them by changing all the graphics and adding, you know, here's uh here's your all whatever your your 16x filters and all this stuff and uh in ambient conclusion and uh, I'm probably saying that shit wrong, but. <clears throat> I'm like, did, I, but I love ambient conclusion versus ambient occlusion. Okay. I think we should call it ambient <laughs> conclusion from now on. That is fucking brilliant. Anyway, continue. Sorry, that was awesome. <laughs> I think I've always said conclusion. I don't, I don't read. <laughs> I just click on buttons. So I'm like digging through there, changing things, and then, and then I make it look worse. And then, and then <clears throat> luckily I have a G, G-Sync monitor, so I don't have to sync. You know, I doesn't have to run perfectly with V-Sync right. enabled. And, and then it, sometimes I'll spend two hours trying to do this, and then I'm like, I could have spent that playing a game on a console. <sighs> yeah, it's pretty crazy that we've come. I've gone back and forth to what my primary is all my life, whether it be, you know, back in the days of the Genesis then the Saturn, then the P- PS1, PS2, Dreamcast. I've owned pretty much all of them. Nintendo, I've owned some sporadically, but I've also almost always had a PC since back, you know, uh, 
pretty much Apple IIe. So I've had PCs almost all my life. And what surprises me is a game like Wolfenstein, for example. I think Wolfenstein's a great example. I have a bunch of friends who are playing Wolfenstein, and about six of them are on PC, and about 30 are on console. And so we were just talking about it right before I started the podcast. When I was asking them, I'm like, why are you guys, like, what, what, why did you choose console versus PC? Because a lot of them are PC primary gamers. And they're like, oh, did you see the reviews? There's a bunch of problems technically with it on the PC. And I'm like, fuck, because I didn't have any problems. Yeah. But, but that doesn't mean anything anymore. And there's too many configurations for a lot of devs to test for. And so a lot of people just, especially with like the X, they're all okay. So it is 30 frames per second, but guess what? It runs. It's HDR. It's 4K. HDR is fantastic. Like, I would rather have HDR than 4K in a fucking heartbeat. So you've got these things that don't really come to PC, but you have PC with its issues. I have a 1080 Ti. I love the PC. I mean, I VR, all that kind of stuff. But there is something to be said. Luckily, my side job, the side thing I do, well, I guess it's not a job if you don't get paid, but the side <laughs> thing I do is uh, I get to meet a lot of people who are into games who don't have the ability to do what you and I do. They don't talk about them. They don't get to go online too much. They see a commercial, right? And if the commercial looks good, they buy the game. Yeah, Star Wars Battlefront 2, the best game ever. Yeah, yeah. but it also it also happens to be consoles. And so you, you get to talk to some of these people that don't know 60 versus 30 too well, right? They, they just don't know the nomenclature very much. And I love to sit down with them and be like, so what do you think about this and that? And to hear, and I love innocence, and I don't think that it's, a person's job to be like, well, if you spent 1500, you could have a PC. Yeah, of course. Right. <laughs> of course. If I spent 10 million, I could have a faster car. That's normal. Yeah. <laughs> That's consumerism, right? So you're not, you can pretend you're intelligent by saying that to somebody, but what you're really doing is just basically saying you're socially inept because you're not understanding the situation, which is the person can't. Additionally, if a person has three or 400 bucks, it doesn't mean they have 800 just for a video card. So you have to you have to be intelligent sometimes in your in your conversations with people. And for me, the more console gamers we can have, the better. And here's why, because I know people will freak because a lot of them will go to PC and a lot of them will enjoy the all the ecosystems that they have, all of the different infrastructures and they'll grow. And that's what the industry should do is grow, not stagnant. You don't I do not like the attitude of like, I have something better than you. Ha 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 ha. Yeah, it's like, fuck off, man. You know what you do want? You want those 10 friends you're talking shit to right now to buy games. Because the more people that do, and the more people that get invested, the more there's a chance for competition for NVIDIA. You know, maybe AMD makes something better. There's more competition for Intel. Maybe AMD does something better because there's more money involved in the industry. You want those kind of things. And until we educate people on like how money and all that kind of stuff works you're going to continually get shit for being a console gamer from people who don't understand the economics of the actual industry itself and uh, additionally you'll hear a lot of people say that consoles are cheaper to develop for <laughs> they'll just flatly tell you yeah be like it's much cheaper so we went with console <laughs> yeah because you only have so many uh, variants of configurations yeah, yeah and pcs like you can a million you know consoles like well you got the ps4 the ps4 pro you got the xbox the xbox one x you know the it's like that's four right there in console yeah and luckily microsoft i, I gotta say the, the a hungry angry pissed off scared microsoft is the best thing you can have like some a, a microsoft on top a sony on top 
I don't think that they make very good choices. I, I think Sony, look at what Jack Trenton said. I don't know if you got to watch this, but um, Ryan McCafferty did a, a, like a sit down for an hour with Jack Trenton, who used to be the CEO of Sony. And Sony refused to apologize for the hacking of the PSN accounts. So he went out there at the risk of his own job and basically just said, sorry, like we fucked up because Sony corporate refused to allow him to say it. He just said it on his own. He was like, you guys can fire me. I'm just going to go apologize because we should. That's Sony on top, right? Microsoft on top treats devs like shit. Um, doesn't do the best when it comes to indies. Nintendo on top. Well, we all know about Nintendo. <laughs> Nintendo are basically gangsters. In And a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people think of Nintendo as Mario. And it's like, if you want to go look at like some gangster-like activities, go check out Nintendo. So it, it's cool that we have that competition because then a Sony has to worry, is there more money entering the market and is Microsoft going to do better? And Microsoft, man, they made some good decisions. Their ecosystem uh, buying one game, getting to play it on both systems at the same time. I still think that's a mistake. I don't know how they think that works, but I bought Gears and I was able to play the same copy on my PC against my own family member on the Xbox in my own house. Yeah, and I'm that's like, cool. But but isn't doesn't it also not make sense financially as a company to you? Like you're sitting there going, wait, they only got sixty bucks instead of one hundred and twenty. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because they because they only sold you the one copy. And so that's what we want. We want I want a hungry, like hungry set of competitors. And Microsoft made some good decisions because they were hungry. The 360 to the Xbox one, not hungry. And look what we got. Yeah. TV, TV, TV. Yeah. T- oh, not only that, but I mean, <laughs> like if you if you want to know some crazy history, go look up at what their plans were. Their plans were to go 720p and use a scaler. Now, Sony had this plan as well for a while, but they sort of got away from it. But the plan was a scaler, you know, a scaler in a TV, right? It turns it to whatever resolution. Yeah. So the idea was, was that with a sharpening filter, the Xbox one 720 P or 900 P could look almost as good as 1080 P. Now they're actually somewhat right. I've done tests because that one of my past jobs was selling TVs and you can fool people if they're a little bit away from a TV by slightly edging the sharpness up and you can fool them into questioning what resolution you're watching it at. Microsoft's was so bad though, that the, that they basically put the connect in there, which cost them another hundred, which meant they had to remove GPU resources. And they were like, we'll just cheat. And we'll just you like, and so, cause you mentioned 720p, remember killer instinct. It was 720p when it first came out. So it's like, there's a lot of games that were, and luckily you know, Microsoft smart and they're all, okay, well we can't do that again. Yeah. I mean, um, Titanfall one was like 692 peers. <laughs> yeah. I forgot. I forgot. There was uh, the one cool thing about Microsoft uh, and Sony is they both sort of embraced uh, variable resolution, which has helped the pro and the Xbox X, because that means the better they are, the higher the resolution you'll be in, unless you're so that you're not locked. And if you're locked, you have to have a developer go and patch it. If you're not locked and it's a variable, you can see a higher resolution regardless. And that's sort of nice. You know, we are getting some games where you put it in, you get that resolution bump and Microsoft doesn't have to patch it, which is always your best bet. You know, that's you sort of want them to improve like a GTX, right? You know, you have yeah. a 1080, 1080 Ti. It's like, OK, so you put them in and you might have to turn down your ambient conclusion, which is going to be my new name for that. <laughs> you have to turn it down two notches while I can have it high. Right. That's that's the way it should be. And um, I'm glad Sony and Microsoft have done that. Nintendo switch is successful and I've got one, but I'm I still question their hardware 
decisions, I guess, on, on, on how they've done that. On the Switch? Yeah, especially the, the original patent was for the dock to have a coprocessor uh, or something that would allow it to be a higher resolution. Because I'm telling you right now, dude, if you play the Switch, man, handheld is great. But once you plug that thing in, games can look really bad. I only play mine in, in TV mode. Oh, dude, you're, you're, you, you got the heart of a saint, man. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, I haven't played that many games on it, but it seems like the ones I have played, I've seen World Dig 2, I played Zelda, I uh, played uh, um, uh, Splatoon. Splatoon looked, looked and ran great, phenomenal on so, t- in TV. Yeah, I think you, you did hit on something. It depends on the kind of color and image work they're doing in the game. Splatoon is cartoonish, right? Yeah. So it, so it's like a Telltale's game, which is cell shaded, which is one thing that a lot of developers will tell you behind closed doors. That's how they get away with engines that aren't as good. They'll use cell shaded because you can make it look better than it really is. So I think Splatoon Zelda had some frame rate issues, but I think it runs. Does it run 900p or 1080p on the TV? I think it was nine. I think it was. Yeah, I think it maybe was, that was yeah. smart. But I, I just wish that they had done. I just wish that you could plug it in and it would make it a little bit more powerful because I have a 4K TV like you and sometimes I'll get a big picture of Doom, for example. I'll be like, damn. <laughs> yeah, but you're, you're so used to seeing stuff like Doom on, on other consoles where it looks great. So you're like, oh, this is a little downgraded. I don't know. Doom looks bad. You, oh, you got, does you, it? Yeah, it's... I mean, I, there's a part in my video where I show the texture resolution and we're talking, no lie, we are talking xbox original level of texture resolution oh, it's, so does it look better in handheld or no oh yeah. no <laughs> no i mean it looks delicious in handheld oh, handheld looks it? fine. oh wow oh yeah because it's a little bit lower resolution but it's a tighter screen so your pixels yeah. are closer yes yeah, and that. so yeah and and you're not using a scaler that i i would assume um i don't know if the Wii scaler is even that good or if it's just using the tv scalers but yeah it's uh it's it's interesting to see what they chose and I would love to see another company come forward. I don't know if you heard Samsung was rumored for a long time to be doing a console. No, and they, I mean, I know the yeah. Atari's coming out with something that nobody knows what the fuck it is. <laughs> the, the Atari 26. We don't know. Yeah, yeah that we, thing. That's crazy. I have no idea. Yeah, the switch is great. I don't play it in handheld mode because the little thumbsticks are way too small for my big ass hands, dude. Me too. You got, and, you, and the right thumbstick, since they want to have that thing where you can have like two oh. controllers, like it's so far down, I, I, I just can't do it. So I, I just play with the pro controller. Nice, nice. Somebody, uh, somebody mentions the same thing because that's exactly what pains me about the Switch is that right thumbstick. I feel like a crab. After about 30 minutes, my fucking thumbs start to cramp up, and I'm like, it's just not big enough for my big old meat-grubbing hands. Yeah, exactly. I have some friends, too, and I'm like, dude, I have big-ass man hands, man. It doesn't work for me. Like, <laughs> I have man hands, too. It's fine. I'm like, no, you must have, like, medium man hands. I mean, I got big hands, so I got to, like... <laughs> yeah, exactly. I really got to get down there to that. I can play it casual games like this guy of five or or maybe even SteamWorld Dig 2, but when it comes to shooters like Splatoon, I mean... the those sticks are so small. My aim sucks. You know, I just I, got a perfect idea, man. We should start our own YouTube channel, and all it is is huge dudes trying to play the Switch. The first would be Brock <laughs> Lesnar. Brock Lesnar wears six XL gloves, so his hands are the size of my fucking head. You know, he's hitting you with like yeah. you know some the size of a twelve inch woofer, uh, old Predator woofer. So we should get him on and be like, "Here, dude, play the Switch and see that fucker smash it." Or, or the Vita, even worse. Oh yeah, the beat. See, I always forget about those things. I, you know, I'm 
I'm super stoked that that they're all doing well. That's the one thing that's cool because because you see like a Microsoft and a Sony going, okay, well, it plugs into your TV, so it is slightly a competitor. And the more competition we see, the lower prices, which I think is also awesome. Um, because I think that look at the, I think the Xbox S is only 199 on sale in a lot of places. Ah, uh, yeah, it was it was crazy Black Friday deals. I've seen them for like 180 awesome. with a 50 dollar gift card. Yeah, and that's what I want. See, that's what I keep telling people. I'm like, no, you want that. You because I'll get a lot of people who celebrate that, like the demise of something. They'll be like, ha ha, they lowered their price, and I'm like, yeah. To be brutally honest, we sort of want that because number one, I think they're sort of expensive starting out. Wasn't the PS4 and Xbox 499 and 599? Or is uh, it, it was three ninety nine, four ninety nine. Yeah, that's insane, dude. It's insane, man. I, I mean, at some point you have to you have to look at like the consumer and go, okay, we can't just put one controller in there and charge them three ninety nine or like you got to put a game in there and they don't still. Yeah, well now they do, but they you know on release day, I don't think either one of those came with a game inside of them. No, the, I mean the cool thing was that was right when PlayStation Plus was like a thing. You know, it's coming in yeah. like, hey, you'll 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 get like games. There was like two games you got, Contrast and something else. Like right off the bat, you're like if you if you had PS Plus, you had games to play r- without buying any right away, which is kind of cool. Very cool, yeah, very cool. Anything to help the consumer. You know what's funny about the, that stuff? Xbox Gold and PS Plus. Um, the amount of hate people get for the get the games not being one the ones they want. Oh, these fucking free games aren't good enough. You're like, come on, they're free games, whatever. You know? Yeah. Well, I've. I mean, have you ever yelled at your friend for getting a blowjob? That's pretty stupid. <laughs> Sorry, but that's 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 quite simply the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, yeah, it, it, yeah you don't you don't celebrate somebody else having a good time. Like, what a fucking idiot. Anybody yeah, well, who ever said that to me, I'd just be like, that is the dumbest thing. Just because you don't like it. It's five ninety nine or something a month, isn't it? It's uh, I, I, yeah. F- well, you know, f- you can get sometimes thirty five dollars for a year, and then I think normal price is sixty bucks. So that's what's that? Okay, so yeah, just Jesus Christ, man. I mean, of all the things to have a conniption over, I had people doing that with EA Access because I still think EA Access blows me away when it comes to um, its its offering. Andromeda was early; you got to play it for ten hours. Yeah, play, I, yeah. I mean. Yeah. And I have had people be like, uh, you know, you, you got to play Andromeda for 10 hours. And I'm all, oh, my God, man. I mean, what type of child thinks like that? Is it, It's so dumb. Uh, yeah, access I give. And every time there's a new game coming out, I do the $5 thing. I do one month. Sure. And then I yeah, play it. Like, right. I do that with Battlefront. And then I cancel it. And they always refund you back the $5. Oh, I didn't know that. You know what uh, the big one I did is Game Pass for the Xbox. Because um, there, there's a bunch of games I I didn't want, like I was I wasn't super interested in, but there were about six that I w- that I was, and I was looking at the price, and I'm like, holy shit, like this, it almost doesn't make any financial sense for me to not do this, and and I and I want to play them, and I got you know more than my enjoyment out of PSN, same way, more than my enjoyment. Do you know who doesn't do this? That that it shocks me is Nintendo. Yeah. Nintendo's sitting on a state. Nintendo's basically got a Scrooge McDuck vault under their fucking headquarters do, filled man. with IPs, and they're all, nope, you can't, you can't play. <laughs> You're all, why? What yeah. just happened? I mean, now that I have a Switch, I haven't really been much of a, I had the Wii U, I didn't play many things on it, but I mean, there's all these games that I didn't really get a chance to play. I would love to play some of the older, older Zelda things, and if they bring yeah. that to uh, the Switch, I mean, I'll buy it. I'll buy those games, and I'll play them. I'd love to play Ocarina of Time. You know what they'd rather do, brother? They'd rather sell you a fucking classic console with a three-inch fucking cord for your controller. 
Oh, yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry, uh, you know, if, uh, if somebody likes Nintendo here, but uh, I don't hate them. We but, love hate them. We just hate the things they do, but we love them. Exactly. That's Is that not it? It's like that really, really bad girlfriend that you're all, mm, fuck, but, uh, yeah. but, but, you know, the you're sex, all, the sex yeah. is good. Or, or you're just like, you're really awesome to hang out with, but man, sometimes you're not. And that's exactly what happens with Nintendo. I'll go, I'll look back at their stable and I'll see something like Rogue, um, what is it? Rogue, uh, what's the uh, Star Wars one? Uh, Rogue Galaxy, right? No, that's the art JRPG. What's the GameCube? Rogue Squadron. Rogue Squadron. So, yeah. One of the most fantastic Star Wars games ever. And I'm if if I was running Nintendo, I mean, those would be the games that I was like, OK, we need backwards compatibility to work. We need to get these things on their ASAP. We and and even older ones. I'm I'm old. So I remember like Legend of Cage. We're talking like ancient games. Bermuda or what was it? Uh, something Triangle. Bermuda Triangle. Oh, yeah. Uh, the the boat. There? Yeah, yeah, Cobra yeah. Triangle. Cobra Triangle, yeah, Cobra Triangle. Like, these are their IPs. They're sitting in some vault somewhere, and they have a tendency to package our nostalgia via plastic versus via digital. Yeah, so they're like, for sure. we're gonna we're gonna give you a classic console, and it's like, no, 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 I don't want a classic console. You just sold me the Switch. Why am I buying a classic console if you just sold me the Switch? That makes no sense. And that's the one thing I dislike about Nintendo the most is their decisions are uh, just they're so fucking weird. Like if Dude, you and we're I still sat- doing friend codes, man, if right now I wanted to tell you, <laughs> hey, hey, Jeremy, uh, why don't you uh, hit me up on Switch? We'll be friends. I couldn't do that. I have to go I get forgot. my Switch and look at the fucking number and tell you you'd have to write it down because you'll never remember it. Yeah, I forgot, man. I forgot the friend code shit. Yeah, I just it's like somebody's visa by the time you're done. It's like 16 digits long and shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't I, I, I honestly think that Nintendo is one of those companies that because Nintendo's always been profitable profitable, every console they release, they make sure that day one they're making money. And I think that because of that, they haven't really ever not made money. They just sort of make their decisions the way they want. Like the Wii U, they're all and or the Wii. We all laughed at the name. Like when somebody told me it was called the Wii, I mean obviously the penis joke starred. <laughs> like you're like what and then they it, they have success that's, I mean, unrivaled, right? Like, and so what they do is they just make the Wii U, and a lot of people were bitching about it prior to it coming out, and it doesn't do very well. And Nintendo's like, okay, whatever, we'll just do the Switch. And yeah, they, I think because they don't have financial, I don't know if the term would be problems, but they don't have financial difficulties like a Microsoft who gets constant shareholders, you know. Or a Sony who they're, you know, people are constantly looking at certain things with Nintendo. They just make money and they can sort of make some, I guess, make decisions internally that you and I wouldn't make. And I don't know who's doing it, but I would yeah, like their the fans. Are, the fans love them. They follow them. It's like you, man. You do your reviews. You're going to do your reviews how you want. Right. Right. Because l- l- you're your fans of your reviews like you for your reviews and what you do. So imagine imagine it was more like. If you put a review out that was kind of shitty, that everyone you start losing, you lose a hundred thousand followers, right? So, right, you, so right. you start you start doing things differently to change it. Nintendo's like like you, it's like oh, people love us anyways, so I'm gonna we're yeah. gonna do what we do, and if not, we'll just we'll just move on. For me personally, there was uh, from 2000 ish to 2007, I played zero games. I was out of loop. I, oh, gotcha. I was I was 
I was on a mission, man. I was out of my brain. But I didn't play games. The Wii is what got me back to gaming. I was playing at a friend's house, and they had Wii Sports, and we just had fun oh. with the little Wii controls and bowling. And, and it was. Yeah. I was like, I think I want one of these. <laughs> That's so cool to hear that story, man. Yeah. I, 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 I love that it was Nintendo that brought you back. Just yeah, well, it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't play a lot of things on the Wii, but then, and then, then I got an, uh, then I started hearing about this, this online multiplayer game. Uh, this war game, this war game where you can play people mm-hmm. multiplayer, and and when your brain gets when you get shot in the head, your brains are on the wall. And I was like, what? What is Call of Duty? Yeah. So, and I got the Xbox uh, 360 with Skate. Skate was <laughs> dude. Skate oh. is like my probably my all time favorite game. I play that game. I got almost all the achievements. I didn't even know what achievements were. I just kept playing and playing and playing. Just, <laughs> that game was fucking badass. And. Like uh, I, I want to, I need another skate, but I don't think it does financially. It doesn't financially do what they need for a game to be successful. So, but yeah, yeah, the Wii brought me back, man. The Wii brought me back, and I think I got into all the other consoles, and then I just became a gamer. And I was like, I'm a fucking gamer, man. <laughs> yeah, it just snuck up on you. Yeah, I just I'm I'm a gamer. I love it. You know, then you get games like Bioshock that just change the way you look at video games forever. You're like, how does how are how does not any how does nobody else think of creative things like Bioshock that bring you into this world that you never thought was even possible and make it so believable, interesting, creepy, just obscure as Bioshock. And you get all these other bland games, and then you just get these ones like Near and Bioshock. Bioshock Infinite is my favorite game of all time, man. Oh, really? Nothing. Yeah, I played that game multiple times. I love it. I love every minute of Bioshock Infinite. But just stuff like that, man, just drives me to keep playing games because I know there's another experience like that around the corner somewhere. Yeah, it's very cool. For me, it was uh, Ori in the Blind Forest. Ori, that's your all-time favorite game? Uh, no, it's just the one that made me, you know, because I got to review it and everything. And it's the one that sort of stuck with me for the longest. And then as I continued to think about it, I was all... I guess some games do something unique and new, like a Bioshock, right? Like mm-hmm. like Infinite, uh, or or even one and two Bioshock, Ori, or I, Ori, whichever way you want to pronounce it. It didn't necessarily do anything new. What it did was perfect the perfect the example that it was trying to deliver for the genre. Yeah, exactly, and man. For me, when I sat down and I started playing it, I'm not a big, I'm not, I just don't really. This is going to sound really weird because people are going to wonder what the fuck I'm talking about, but I don't. <laughs> feel a lot of emotion when I play games. Uh, for example, I, I don't think I've ever cried on a game. I don't think I've ever like th- those things. I don't, I get emotions, but not like a movie, let's say, or what, what have you. Yeah. Yeah. And, I totally understand that. And I, I think Ori was trying for that. It had like some things happen in it and those didn't really hit me as much as while I was playing it and seeing those things, I, I kept thinking to myself, like it's not only visually stunning, like to the point of being almost shot, almost stupid in how good it looked. But the more I played it, the more there were little idiosyncrasies that were hidden that I could do. And it's it wasn't an open world game where they're like, collect 500 feathers. You know, OK, all right, <laughs> whatever. It was like, oh, here's a side scroller. And that was it. And you're just this ghostly looking Fennec Fox. And you're like, OK, whatever. And then as you continue to play it, there were little things that you could do or see or little things that were hinted at. That just blew me the fuck away. And it will and that and oxen free because a lot of people see me and they're like, oh, he must like cod, which I, I do. I like shooters. But oxen free is a 2D game about and life is strange. Another one. 
Uh, like, Life is Strange is one of my it's, dude. It, mine too. It's I mean, it literally. I did a video called "Why Why I Think It's One of the Best Games Ever Made," and I know people are like, "What an emotional dumbass," or whatever. It, it captured nostalgia, bubblegum nostalgia, perfectly. Yeah, like, oh man, life is well. I'm friends with Hannah Tell now because she's been on the podcast. We had a great time. Hannah Tell is so sweet, dude. Uh, she's mm-hmm. the voice of Max. I also had uh, Dan Hutton, who was Kate Marsh, and Sissy Jones, who was like jo- Joyce Price. And uh, okay, now I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna I have to go listen to those because I think they did a spectacular job through that entire series. Yeah, that was back when I did uh, improv skits. So I got an improv skit with Hannah. We did like a Life is Strange improv skit, and I did I did re- we did like a rewind thing. I did a I did a Life. Ex- I'll have to like send you links man i do um with, yeah. da- with dan hutton we did an improv skit and life is strange is pretty cool with uh with kira buckland we did a we did a 2b uh near automata uh skit oh gotcha yeah man hey, i just have I you feel played weird. Oh, what's ahead. that no no go ahead i was gonna say have you played oxen free <laughs> no i have it actually i reached out to the developer for a code and they sent me a code uh, a couple weeks ago i just haven't played it yet so again it's not 3d like or third person like like life is strange but i'm telling you man it's one of the only games that just like uh, Automata, you have to beat twice because, and you're lucky because you, you've you seen this, you're going to see this post-patch. When I played it, the, the second playthrough didn't change anything. But I'm telling you, man, I have a friend who hates these kind of games. Hates them, dude. I'm telling you, like the word hate is not strong enough. And I was, I invited him over and I was all, I give me just 20 minutes of your time. Just 20 minutes is all I'm asking. And we got done, and I'm like, what do you think? And he's like, this is not only the best game of the year. Like, this has legitimately changed, just like what you said, sort of changed the way I feel about what you can deliver in a game versus what he he was expecting a game could do. Damn, and I feel so, like I need to play that next, then. You do. You do. Uh, Oxenfree <laughs> is... And, and uh, Oxenfree is so fucking cool and so creepy and so fucking vibish man i mean i have their art so when i do the international podcast sometimes you'll see like the oxen free poster like i i i was so stunned by what that game ended up being like and i know some people are like oh it's just a 2d scroller but that's the same thing that they would say about bioshock you know it's a shooter you of course don't feel that way no yeah exactly so maybe you won't feel this way uh, about Oxenfree, but it, it i would say of all the games i've ever played and shown to people it's the biggest number of people who have turned around on something ever i would say probably 40 or 50 people where i've been like come over and play it because dude i've played through that game so many times it's embarrassing how long is it it's pretty short right about four and a half five hours the first playthrough and then the second i got it on the switch and that's a perfect game for me to also play when i'm laying in bed (laughs) yeah just do you have earphones i do yeah you would i I would certainly you want to close everything out if that makes sense oh yeah i should play it on my tv thing because i got astro 850s <laughs> yeah oh do you yeah there's a um there's a a gameplay element that has to do with sound and okay. it's very profound you you really you have to do it because it's one of the few games i've ever man i don't want to give anything away I'll oh just no say, nah, yeah 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 i don't want to i'll just say when you're doing the mechanic there's other things you can find at the same time, which has nothing to do with what you're trying to do at the time, which really surprised me. There's a lot of flexibility there, but um, there's a lot of audio mechanics in that, and you definitely would want good audio when you're playing it. Ah, oh, fuck yeah, I'll play it on my TV then. 
Yeah, you'd like it. I mean, so I, yeah, I like I like those unique experiences. You know, like like Life is Strange. Everyone's like, oh, it's just a Telltale game. I'm like, no, nah, man, it's a it's a super dark story. And if you get you know, oh, once you get dude. to like episode three, if from that point on, it's a really dark story, and it's not like a Telltale game. <laughs> No, no. And it's funny because you're you're comparing it to a company that releases games about people's heads being chewed off. Yeah. And Life is Strange is still darker. So Life is Strange is, dude, like that, you know, the person on the roof. Yeah, there's just there's parts in Life is Strange where or Life is Strange where I was like, man, it's not so bad to be a 17 year old woman. You know, I was just walking around going like, this is this is pretty good. I, I think I even said that in the review. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's probably the best game that will ever channel what my desire to be a 17-year-old girl. But you're you're running around and like, I still remember when Max and Chloe are in a room and she's dancing on the bed. And there's like soft, they, they did a great job with their color choice in that game. Because color choice is huge in a game. Like how you're going to deliver the feelings and they hit nostalgia perfectly in that game. Oh man, Every, everyone listening is like, fuck it, Sean, shut up with your life is strange. I talk about it a lot because it's one of, oh, those, <laughs> it's one of those games that, that just kind of changed my look at how storytelling could be done in a game. It was, it was yeah, yeah. fucking good. You playing the new one, Before the Storm? Mm. You not liking it? No. Uh, because it's, uh, it's, you know, Rihanna DeVries, uh, DeVries, DeVries, whatever, she does a good job as Chloe. Like, she, she does sound like, like, I almost forget that it's not Ashley Burke. Sure. Um, I'm, I am liking it. I think I, I am actually liking it because at the end of each episode, there's something big and dramatic happens, but it's not the same as, as Life is Strange. It's just, it's, it's not the same. But for me, I'm actually liking it a lot. I'm still enjoying it a lot. I think, uh, in episode one, there's that game of D and D, which I think might be my favorite moment out of all of the series, both games. I think that, and I, I mentioned that in the review, that exact moment, because I feel like that, this is going to sound weird, but I feel like that, it was probably their worst idea. And the reason why is because the rest of the game, I judged against the excellence of that scene <laughs> and nothing comes like it's, it's almost like a movie where there's an amazing action scene, but the rest of the movie sucked. And yeah. You're all, what, okay. What happened? Yeah. Right. You know, like Steven Seagal dies at the starting of executive decision. Well, what, why am I watching this movie? And that's <laughs> sort of exactly how I felt when I was, when I was playing as I saw the D and D and I'm like, this is fucking cool. Right. they, they were nailing some stuff and where I felt life is strange was more solid all the way across because life is strange starts out. Life is strange has three meta plots. Really? It's got the, like the plot of where's the person it's got the plot of your, your actual teaching you are, or, sorry, not teaching, but you as a student returning and you, there's always a question. There's always a little bit of mystery there. And it feels to me like this game is a little bit more about telling you exactly what the mystery is. If that makes sense. Like there's a little less gray zone in this one for me. And I don't feel as mysterious about this yeah, for some it's, reason. It's definitely not mysterious. It's, it's, the thing about that I look, the way I look at this game is it's just, it's just you know what's going to happen because you know how Life is Strange starts and it's a prequel. So Correct, yeah. it's more of like, let's just fill in this gap and and, sh- and it's more fandom, really. Uh, sure. About, yeah. yeah, so which I'm enjoying because you get to actually, uh, Rachel Amber, you actually get to see her as a character when the first season she's already gone. Right. Um, so I mean, it, it's cool. It's just, I'm playing it, not really expecting much out of it. Just some kind of cool shit to be left behind. I mean, the episode two, there's an improv scene which I thought was pretty phenomenal as well. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I'll probably it'll probably be one of those ones I'll wait until it's done before jumping back in. Um, it, 
I don't know what it is other than, like I said, it just doesn't feel, I mean, I understand it's a prequel, so that, that does remove some of the mystery, but I mean, I don't know. I think in all honesty, where you and I might disagree is where you like to see Rachel. I think the question of what she was like in the first series was better than the reality of what she is. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. It's kind of like, does that make sense? Yeah, it's kind of like the walking dead and they got fear of the walking dead and everyone's expecting, yes, I want to know, I want to know exactly where the, where the virus started. Like, no, nah, it's kind of cool. It being a mystery. I'm glad they didn't touch that. Cause we don't need to know where this virus started. <laughs> there you go. That's yeah. That's, that's the, that's exactly what I was trying to explain. That's exactly it. Yeah. So, yeah. Mystery's good, man. Mystery's totally good, but, but I'm digging life is strange before the storm. And, um, yeah. And, <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, the girl who who throws the D and D thing, Steph. She she's played. Uh, um, what what? Um, Kate, uh, Katie. Uh, brain fart, dude. Um, Katie Bentz. Katie Bentz. Okay, Katie Bentz. Uh, she's she's supposed to come on the podcast soon. Uh, oh, very cool. Very cool. She's a gamer. She's uh she has a YouTube channel and stuff. It's to be fun. It's not just about life is strange, but. Yeah, I really, I really do dig it. I dig it all, man. I just, I, w- I want all the experiences, and I want all the yeah, cool I mean, reviews, man, by you, dude. So, like I said, around. even if, even if they're bad games, gotta have them. My friend uh, Scott on the Gaming Outsider podcast, his end tagline is: "There's no such thing as a bad game, just games that aren't for you." Pretty, yeah, pretty close. <laughs> I go except bullshit. For, for, there is bad games, man. Alakine's yeah. gun's pretty bad, though. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you. <laughs> it's, it's pretty bad, and it's not bad in the way you would hope, which is like just just bad. Like it's bad. Like they maybe attempted something, and it it is just oh, dude, it just fell by the wayside. Like uh, oh, and the other one. Do you know what one? Oh my god, this is a bad game, dude. All right, uh, seven seven days to die console version. PC version's fine, but the console version, those de- developers tried to fucking I, basically cheat a bunch of people by releasing the beta version as a disc. So you, the, so basically you get this game, you put it in, and I'm telling you, I have a video of it. You got to see it. It, you won't believe it's a game. Like you, it, it looks like a pre-alpha, alpha, alpha, what? alpha, alpha. Yeah, but it's a disc. It, it, it is, and they got sort of in trouble for it, but it was one of those things that I was surprised they didn't get in more because they basically released the beta version and it is the beta version in a disc for the consoles, which is very rare. Usually a console, unless it's your Xbox preview program where you can get like elite. Usually it's, it's the, it's a complete game, right? It's a retail version. And that was another one that was terrible. Alakine's gun is more terrible just because they did try and boy, did they fail. But wow. you love it, man. You go back to it. I do. I do. Like I said, <laughs> eight or nine times, dude. I'll, I'll be like, hey, let's play some Alakine's gun. My friends are all, yeah, I got sick suddenly. I can't come over. Well, no, no, no. Come over and play Alakine's gun with me. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, the whole the whole disc beta thing is bullshit, man. It's kind of disappointing. What's that other one that just has that battle royale? Fortnite. It's like, yeah. it's like this is a beta. You're like, I just bought the fucking disc, man. What are you talking about? Yeah, and you can't. Did you know you can't sell that back? Like uh, one of my friends uh, from the channel tried to go to like GameStop and they won't accept it back either. Are you serious? Yeah, I, I don't know anything about. I, I I don't even. I played it once, so I don't I don't own it or anything. But yeah, there were some complaints on my Discord. I haven't checked into it, but uh, multiple people said that they went to GameStop and uh, yeah, GameSpot. Sorry, no, yeah, GameStop. GameStop. And they, yeah, 
Yeah, they they didn't even have an entry for purchasing it in the computer. All right, hold up. I'm on Best Buy. I'm gonna check out Best Buy's trade program and see if they'll take it. Let's see if Best Buy's the better person. If Best Buy's the better group, if they are, we're screwed. Fortnite. Fortnite. Uh, how do you spell Fort? F O R T. Yeah. Fort N I T. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Xbox. Click. 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 Oh, fifteen dollars. Estimated trading value. Best Buy so, guys. So games. Game Spot. No, GameStop. GameStop. <laughs> uh, they um they wouldn't take it as of. All right, I'm on. I, I now I'm on GameStop. I'm on GameStop. Let's check this out. Games. Uh, let's see. Console. I hope they do because I was I was like, why? What reasoning would they have yeah. for not? Oh, unfortunately, we did not find any results for your. Story. Yeah. See what the? Yeah. I, so I'm sure a listener probably knows more about it than I do, and maybe it sounds like you do because I don't think you played it either. Um, I've only played it once, but I would like to know if there is a reason huh. that they don't like if there's a it's a code inside so you can only use it once or, you know, if there's something that you and I aren't like. Yeah, I mean, but if Best Buy takes it back, I would think it was that's with, true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's confusing as fuck. Yeah, that's yeah, that's weird. Fuck it. It's the world we live in. I buy mostly digital anyways. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't want games. Plus, I'm game sharing with the buddy, so we got our Xboxes connect. So we just kind of will buy games, and we both get to play them. Best way to do it. Yeah, definitely. So, dude, we've been here, man. Too. I wasn't even expecting to do this for two hours. This has been awesome, dude. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's been a blast. Yeah. Well, um, before we uh, let's see, before we wrap, get to the wrap up real quick, I I want to know what is your all time favorite game? Oh, Kotor. Without even Kotor. Yeah, yeah. Without a shadow of a doubt. What's your all time least favorite game? Oh Jesus! Um, and not not so bad. It's good. Just like, I know. Just I know bad. what you like, mean. Oh, yeah. I can't I'm, stand that game. It fucked it all up. Oh man, dude i I don't even know if I've thought about like just a truly. I'll tell you the most disappointing game ever. Disappointing, like upon its release, and that was No Man's Sky. <laughs> yeah, I think that I didn't yeah. even buy that game, and I knew I knew when it came out it was going to be a disappointment. I just knew their fucking their ideas were too big, dude. And I did a twenty four hour because I had cancer when I was younger, so I was like, I'm going to do a cancer, uh, you know, like a donation stream. Twenty four hours, it comes out, and I have to sit for twenty four hours and play that thing day one. And I'm telling you, hey. It's not anything worse. You know, people dealt with much worse that I was trying to raise money for, but I was so, I, I was just shocked at its quality wow. at that time. It's been patched, but I was so disappointed in what we got. And it, it, that was before people were saying like, they said we could meet up and we can't, you know, it was when the mystery was still there and they were like, you can, you can possibly meet other people. And you're all really. <laughs> and then we find out, yeah, they're foolish. <laughs> I say one of my biggest disappointing games was Brink. I thought that was like I thought. Oh that my it, god! Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have to clap. Yes. Oh man, I probably I probably played less than an hour of that game. It was not like what the advertisements in in these CGI videos looks made it look like the the best thing ever. I was like, this looks fucking great. The characters look cool. This is gonna be so much fun. I got in and played. I was like, oh my god, this is terrible. I I it, I had to clap. Yeah, and uh, that. To me, perfect example, perfect example of what you get, what you think you're going to get. And then like how they don't meet up at all. <laughs> you know, yeah. hmm, this is an odd day. 
And also another big disappointment was there was a, this Xbox game. What is it called? It just came out recently. It was um, it's got the time travel, time traveling, quantum break, uh, quantum break. Man, that was a big disappointment yeah. for me. I didn't like that. I I really had to push myself to finish that. Yeah, I quantum break. I liked elements. I liked a lot of elements of it, but it was one of those ones that boy, did they not hit the mark? Like it's you know where you sit back and look at it a, a year or two later, and you're like, fuck, what they thought it was going to be, even internally. It is is nothing. Oh, hey, before we go, I have to ask you, do yeah. you like do you like point and click games like um, the Oxen Free that I was talking about or those? Uh, some, I'm, I'm open to most stuff, man, dude, I'm telling you, fantastic game. Come. It's on the switch. Thimbleweed Park okay. by the guy who made Monkey Island, uh, the Monkey Island series. The yeah, Goofy I've seen that series. on there. Holy shit, is that good? It's about two FBI agents like uh, Fox. It's supposed to be like a ripoff of Agent Fox and Mulder. And it is great. And I think it's like $3. On, oh, I would, no shit. I would assume. Yeah, I would assume it's because it's been, I did the review March 30th of this year. And I think it started out at like 14 And I'm pretty sure somebody said on the Switch it was even cheaper. I could be wrong. But if you get a chance, check that game out. Okay, sure. yeah, Thimbleweed Park. I should check that out. I always see it, but uh, looking at the screenshots, sometimes when you look at screenshots, they just they could turn you off because you not you don't really know what it yeah. is. Oh, and I got the answer for the worst game ever. Right. Afro Samurai Afro Samurai Two. So bad it was removed from the marketplace. Oh by the shit! I remember the first game too. That's the first game I ever it, played with cussing in it. I was like, oh my god, Samuel L. Jackson yep. saying fuck all the time. I was like, this is first great. game was good. First game was good. Second game was so bad that the actual developer removed it from the marketplace. That's right. Wait, did <laughs> so they, there did you they go. not even finish it? Did they they didn't even put the it, whole thing out, I think. It, it it I don't even all all I know is it was one where you actually hear me sort of devolve into some kind of caveman while I'm reviewing it. Cuz it's it's so bad. I just start talking. I mean, it, it like I was listening to the review cuz it was a long time ago. And I was all holy shit, this was bad. And then I went and looked and yeah, they were they reviewed it or they removed it. I don't know if they removed it because of the lack of it being done or just that it was such utter shit. But man, yeah, yeah, definitely. Tony Hawk five would be very close. <laughs> I, I skipped that one, man. I like, <laughs> I like Tony Hawk old school ones, but I just, wow. Well, fuck man. All right, guys, well, let's wrap it up then. Sound good? Alrighty. All right. Yeah. Let's get to the wrap. Hey, yo, Freeman. Yo, what's up? I am. Dude, what's yeah. left to do? All right, man. Wrap it up, son. Impet. Uh, well, basically, ang- Angry Centaur Gaming on YouTube. Sorry, my behind the scenes, my video just started. And I was like, why am I talking twice? Um, so Angry Centaur Gaming on YouTube. Check it out. It's reviews, stuff like that. But also check out uh, some really cool other YouTubers. Dreamcast Guys, excellent. And so is Mr. Matty Plays. If you don't like my shit, go find somebody you do like, because that's more important. And that's it for me. I don't plug myself. Twitter, <laughs> man. You're on Twitter. Oh, J- at Jeremy Penner. But come on. Like, yeah, you can go there, and I'll, I'll, I'll possibly respond to you, but uh, it won't be intelligent, most likely. Yeah, that's what Twitter is. Twitter is an intelligence. It's 140 yeah, characters, true. man. <laughs> or now it's 280, but... Uh, for me, I'm still at 140. They were like, no, 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 no. We're not giving him extra. What, really? You got... I thought, yeah. I thought everybody got the bump. I thought so, too, but I just tried it a couple days ago, and it was like 144 when I started typing. I was like, oh, hmm. See, now there's not even... There's no <laughs> numbers now. Now it's... When you start typing, there's a little, like... Is a circle, and as you type, it fills in. So it doesn't actually uh, tell you exactly how many. 
Yes, suckers. They didn't give me that. But yeah, so check out those. Um, We do the international podcast, which is awesome. Very fun to do. It's just obviously people from around the world who talks about talks about games. Reminds me that USA is not the only thing that matters when it comes to games. Yeah, <laughs> you know, dude. Some, oh, it's a great podcast. Yeah, I mean, and if, if you guys think this podcast is long, that one's even longer. Yeah, yeah, it definitely <laughs> is. It's like three and a half hours sometimes. <laughs> yeah, well, horrible gamers, dude. Those guys do long ass podcasts. Though we used to do we used to do a long podcast, but even now I still listen to them because I'm still like best friends with all of them so they'll still do three and a half hours and yeah, it's, it's fun man since they're my friends it's like hanging out with friends but i'm at work it's i love right. it dude yeah which is cool. It's cool now that i got a connection to your podcast i can listen to that when i'm working that's great man because i didn't know it was in audio only i thought it was only on youtube and i it's hard for me to sit there and just watch a video i obviously can't mm-hmm. do it on my phone i can't play a video in, in my pocket yeah Right. So yeah, dude, that's that's cool. Um, everyone, check out Jeremy's reviews. If you're a gamer, you probably are. Most of my audience is gamers. Uh, I I want to give big shout out to you, man, because you do like you you do you're doing reviews for the gamers and not for the companies that you're reviewing the games for. Yes, indeed. And that's I appreciate it. That's uh, I love it, dude. It's awesome. All right, guys, you could find me. Um, well, this week, uh. Le- Blah, blah. Two weeks ago, I was on Attention Deficit Order podcast, dude, with Chris. You big shout out to Chris. Uh, you guys can check out that episode, dude. Just he just gets high and reviews movies. He watch he'll watch the same movie. <laughs> he watches the same movie open a weekend. He'll watch it three times. He'll he'll get three tickets. He'll go watch it in three different kinds of theaters and just get high and talk about it. I love it. So <laughs> I wasn't high, but I was pretending like I was high, maybe. Uh, so that that podcast was uh, season 14 episode 7 which is like two episodes back I just haven't done a podcast in two weeks to give a shout out to him it's a big shout out to Chris you can find me on Twitter at awkward underscore podcast you can find my personal account on Twitter if you want I'm hitting in there they call me Imes at they call me Imes uh, gamers follow me or whatever join add me whatever Xbox PS4 Steam they call me Imes I'm on all those uh, Imes spelled just like the cat food so they call me I'm I'm part of the Hush Your Face family. So shoot over to hushyourface.com. Check out all the other podcasts. We just added uh, Is Anybody There? Do you? My friends over is at, any, at, uh, at Is Anybody There? That's a fucking hard sentence to say right there, dude. I'm <laughs> bad with talking sometimes, man. That's what I told you. I'm jealous, man. Um, you can also hear me on uh, RadioVegas.rocks every Monday morning at 6 a.m. So you m- might be hearing this episode tomorrow i think i only have a two hour gap so i'm gonna tell him hey dude i did a two and two and a half hour podcast so hopefully jay says it's cool so ah radio figures don't rocks um yeah drop me a voicemail if you want 510-600-3475 drop me an email if you want horribly awkward podcast at gmail.com i think we hit the end yes we did holy shit man okay so jeremy dude thank you man i really appreciate it you bet you bet man i appreciate it thanks for having me on as Gidget would say. Peace out, Brussels sprouts. Hey, it's the S to the M. And the L to the Issa. Slammer games in the house, so drop your listen. Poor whiskey, backward cock flies. Merrily sock, bird telling cat. Destiny doctor down cat. Callously squandered lamb. Heavenly slaughtered broadcast. It's the horribly awkward podcast. Why, what happened in today's news? 
Well, they did the LA Noir custom console giveaway and they literally look like loot boxes. And so I'm just, it, it, uh, it's one of those moments where you sit back and go, fuck. No, no, hold on a second. I'm gonna get to see this. I put it on my Twitter. Okay, let's go to your Twitter. <laughs> I mean, they, they're like the gold and like black. They look like, I guess, I, I the only way I could describe it would be, you know, the, the, the rare you know that you would get in a in a video game it yeah. just it it sort of shocked me there as, as some people are just saying that they're just bad design which i agree uh. they are but they're so purposely colored that way and what's weird is la noir does not have that color it's it's actually a much more i, I don't even know how to describe it it's more of an orange it doesn't have that look at all and <clears throat> You know what that Obvious. looks like? That looks like the like Bioshock, like Rapture. Uh, it does, doesn't yeah. it? The design. That's a you know the Nintendo Switch, man. That's that's terrible. <laughs> Wait, is that a PC? Like a little box? That thing's ugly. Yeah, no, they're all just bad. Like I just, I'm at some point you just sit back and be like, wow, so. Such is life. I try not to get too negative. Oh yeah, that's a horribly awkward show. Hush your face is coming straight to your ears A podcast network that's changing gears Bringing fresh funky pods with a fresh funky beat A family of pods that are bringing the heat There ain't no stopping us Keep coming back to us sick ass pods That'll make you hush www.hushyourface www.hushyourface www.hushyourface.com